3: Les Eagles.
4: Hey, what is up? What is up? Look at Derek Gunn. There he is. I'm Rob Ellis. He's Derek Gunn. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Happy Monday, Gunner. How you doing?
5: I don't enjoy watching Philly games anymore, (laughs) and you're the reason. Me? What did I do? I out there doing all that stuff yesterday. No, but because of your passion for this team and, and, and your emotions, when the team loses, I'm always thinking. I wonder if Rob's on the edge right now. I wonder what Rob is doing. I wonder if Rob has jumped off the kitchen table, uh, hard landing on the kitchen floor. Um, yeah, you have tainted my my Phillies viewership. You know, uh, and I'm looking at some of the comments right. I, before we came on. You said, "Look, you see what Mr. Taz put up there." Also, Rob cursed Trey Turner off the team
4: already. Oh, you'll you'll, you'll be getting that. Don't worry, yeah. And, and let's see. Uh, and NBA, the Orioles lose to the Pirates. The Phillies just the Steelers of baseball playing down to the competition. Ooh, so, Rob, please correct. Yes, uh, yes, I hear you. How does Tom's take a picture? Pitcher out, Ooh. seventy-three pitches. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. All the above. All the above. All right. So, a lot going on. Right? A lot going on. And, and by the way, happy Kelly Green Monday, everybody. Happy Kelly Green to everybody who celebrates. Uh, I know you do, Gunner. What's up, Jake? What's up, Stoutland University Chancellor? What's up, Mo? Bird Gang? Yes, uh, as we saw, Mr. Taz, everybody checking in. We appreciate you. Yes, Gunner, they began lining up at 3 a.m. outside of Lincoln Financial Field today to get a glimpse tell them, let's 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 show the folks what they were lining up for here they give you a little taste of what we're talking about here with these uh with these uniforms because they are i gotta tell you they are pretty sweet there's there's jalen hurts in his in his kelly green all right so let's look what else we have bradbury that looks sharp that looks sharp it is with the silver pants there's jake elliott doing his thing right there number four. Oh, look at Landon dickerson that handsome fella in his 69 jersey, is John Runyon. Oh, Josh Sweat. Okay. What do you think? Are you liking him or not?
5: Uh, it, it's a nice alternate.
4: Skinny Batman. Sorry.
5: Huh? Skinny Batman. It, it, it's a nice alternate I can see for once a year. Mm-hmm. And I understand the affection a lot of Eagles fans have with this jersey. It brings back a lot of great memories, a lot of great players yeah. wore that jersey. But to me, it looks like the type of jersey you wear on Christmas Eve. You know, like a Christmas Eve game, a Christmas it's, it's Day game. Alternate.
4: Yeah, it's an alternative. Yeah,
5: you know, um, I don't like the I don't like the old school looking white numbers on it. It should be more like a prominent, like black trim around it or something like that. Um, it, it's it's okay it's I me mean, i'm not gonna rain on your parade i know how you feel about it
4: i know no, i like it i'm not i told you i like their their normal uniforms but this as as an alternative i think it's nice i think it's nice. like look at avante maddox he's ready to go bg come on
0: uh,
4: i like it it's okay right, as my uh, Lata, yep look, a little look, that football is with my lotta incredible hey
5: look so so dope king says hey rob i got you a simple kelly green journey (laughs) (laughs)
4: Uh, that's
5: good that'll be kind. let me me put it like this
2: yeah
4: i would not be i would not be camping out at three in the morning to buy a jersey it was unbelievable It, it literally looked like it looked like back at what you used to see back in the day for like concerts well. people would, would we used to see it at the Wells Fargo Center when we worked down there Derek uh, we, we would I don't know about you I'd pull in in the morning and there'd be little tents up and all this other stuff no, no. there were lines wrapped around at the link and everything was going fast and furious man at, at the team store it was insanity in there it looked like it was it was a game it looked like people were waiting to get in to get entrance to go to a game. It it, look like. Does that jersey?
5: When you look at that jersey, does it define intimidation to you? No, I don't
4: know. I mean, look, they wore that, are arguably during their best defensive period as an organization, with Reggie and Jerome, you know, and and Clyde and how Pitt. many years?
5: Ago, how many years ago was that? Golic, uh, thirty years.
4: Yeah, it was thirty um, years.
5: Ago. Let me ad- let me address something here. Uh Somebody said, "Look, Spanish Field said." Better than the Green Bay throwbacks. I agree. The Green Bay throwbacks are atrocious. What they were, throwbacks, are atrocious. I agree. I'm not. You're not going to get any argument from me. Yeah, there are very few throwbacks that I've really liked, to be right. honest with you. In any right. team, D Gun, you may be the master of the grill, with your taste and fashion is trash. <laughs> hey, that's a matter, Mr. Taz. Look, we we see out of eye, to eye to a lot of things, but that's your opinion. Yeah. See, Chris D. Chris D. uses the the mature responsible approach you see what she says there
4: um, with ego in that. that color is just not intimidating enough
5: see see uh, hey see look I saw you Christy and I are like right here she gets it I all these see. other people all look, all these other people taking offense to my I didn't say I disliked them I just said eh. you know yeah. all of you you know what that's your opinion I look I have my opinion you have your opinion I understand I, how many times do I have to say it I understand your affection all of you uh, hardcore, long withstanding Eagles fans, I understand your affection for the Kelly Green. I get it. I just, to me, it's like, okay, all right. I, I, let me ask you this, Mister Hardcore Philadelphia fan. Yes, sir. Would you would you would you have stood in line endless hours to get this jersey?
4: No, I would not have stood in line. No, I'd okay, I mean, all right. I, I, no, no, I like it. I would not have stood in line though. I mean, I, and props to the people who did that. Look, only in this city could you see something like that honest to god what like what other fan base would have done that
5: uh maybe maybe a few maybe maybe if you're not many you'll know, see tone d gun flat out sounds like a flat out hater you know what tone you just keep doing what you're doing back there let me worry about what i'm doing here agree to disagree gg yeah okay d gun speed money getting canceled ability. okay yeah
4: yeah, I look, I, I think, as I said before, I really like their uniforms. I like the regular uniforms. I like the 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 black that they went to last year with the I love that
5: black ones. with a green trim. Yeah, so like if,
4: if to me, if I get the regular jerseys with you, you, you can have like up to three or four alternates, right? Right. So if you go regular, you mix in the black, and you mix in this, I, I'm good, man. That's a nice mix of uniforms. Here you me. go. You know? There you go. Yeah, you're going to see everything represented. Kelly Green, the black, the regular, the white, whatever. You're going to have a, a nice mix, man. And look, they're smart. You know, it, it, they, they crushed it. They're going to crush it around the holidays, right? There's a Christmas game. Everybody's going to be decked out in their gear. You know that. I mean, it, it, it's going to be a monster. So I think it's good. Like, I, when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, it was like Ron Jaworski and those guys, and they didn't sure. wear the black collar. Sure. Then when I became probably I was like around 11 ish, they went to those or 12. They went to those. And then, you know, it was that until till Jeffrey Lurie took this thing over and they and they went into that, that sort of 3D logo and then the midnight green, et cetera. But no, look, I mean, I, I think it's great if it's something you look it, you're, when you're a fan you're supposed to get excited about things. You're supposed to be into it. You're supposed to feel a part of it. Absolutely. And if, and if you know, all those folks who bought their gear today are proudly walking around sporting it, that's great civic and team pride. I think it's cool, man. I like it. Look, this
5: is a part of their history, a piece of their Americana in pro football. I get it. You know what? Go for it. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time coming. How many years have they been talking about bringing back the Kelly Green when we had to sit with our, our hands... Under our backsides and watching other teams bring their throwbacks back and and stuff like that, and we keep hearing the Eagles are going to do it. The Eagles they needed approval from the league. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Finally, it's here. Uh-huh. I get it, man. It's like Christmas on July thirty first for a lot of people. I get that.
4: <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Well, and and then you get for you? you get let a little little less than five months advance to get all your Christmas orders in and your and your yes. Hanukkah orders and all, all everything else that everybody celebrates. Good for you. You see, you see, like Tone said, hey man, I I just order online.
2: Right. You know,
5: we live in a day and age where you can order everything online. You know me, I'm not a big fan of ordering online. Right. Especially watching my wife, how much stuff she orders online, Tell and me how many returns it. I have to make either to Kohl's or UPS or FedEx. I, um, I'm, not a big fan.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: I'm not a big fan of online shopping. You know I me, mean? I like to get out, I want to feel it, I want to touch it, I want to see it. Because a lot of times what you're looking at in the picture in terms of size, color, shape, it's not the same when you get it in, per- in, in, in actual – That's true. That's per- I, like I'm
4: amazed at people who will order like sneaks or shoes. You're that's, yeah. dang- that's a dangerous game, man. yeah, man. You yeah. gotta try sneaks and shoes on. I, I don't, yes, yeah, I'm with you on that. I, well, I like I
5: said, with well, my size foot, dude, there's very few sneaks I wear that are comfortable. That's why. Nike is my favorite because it fits comfortable more so than all the other ones but yeah yeah. you know i'm not a big on anything that i need online i go to either my daughter tina or trish hey can you guys order me this you know and (laughs) when i order stuff it's like a light fixture or something like that you know i'm not ordering i don't order clothing online shoes online you know stuff like that
4: i'll do like i would do a t-shirt or like a hoodie or something like that but pants or shoes or any kind of shoes. No way. No. No, no way. way. Uh, ain't happening. All right, here, so here's the question. We do our Eagles question every day. Let's throw this one out there. Would you, and I know where you stand, you know where I stand, uh, we know where Tone stands, would you camp out overnight for team gear or merchandise? Could be Eagles, could be whatever your team is, Phillies, blah, 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 blah. I'd tell you, I, I, uh, Father Sean brings up. Uh, the Phillies light blue, I think, are badass. I love the Phillies light with the blue. red
5: with that red stripe.
4: Yeah, I really like those. Uh, that powder blue. Were, yeah, they were the away unis from back in the day. Why didn't they do vintage pinstripes? I don't know. It's a good question. Mm. I think the Phillies. I like the Phillies. Phillies are pretty traditional with the road grays Great. and white right. pinstripes. Which are pretty sweet. I actually really like the Sixers uniforms now that they, they went back to the red, white, and blue back iverson's time they, they, they had the black design uh flyers have really they went sort of back more to the burnt orange uh this year whereas they haven't really changed that logo which is good i think it's a pretty pretty traditional strong logo so they haven't changed much either uh which i'm good with um yeah so we'll we'll, we'll, we'll put it out there i mean how many of you have did anybody let's start with that did anybody overnight into this morning camp out did anybody get out there has anybody been to any of the pro shops the eagles pro shops which are in lancaster south philly at the stadium uh and or cherry hill i believe it's cherry hill where they all are has anybody done it so nathan says last time i camped out was star wars episode one what a (laughs) life. all right that's pretty good um yeah i don't know i I i'm not camping out for anything
5: uh no no in all the years that I've I've been a sports fan, from the time that I was a little kid to the multitude of years I've been in this industry, you know it's funny. I um my wife bought me one of those uh, Brett Favre replica jerseys many years ago. Like it's not even a you know it's like the with the mesh, the nylon mesh with you know yeah. And and and, and I've worn it maybe a couple of times. I'm okay. just not a jersey person, but I'm not standing in line. I mean, people stand in line tickets. Right, opening of a new restaurant, uh, yeah. fashion. I'm not standing in
4: line for nothing or nobody. No yeah. thank you. No. Yeah. most people saying no so far. Uh, Gigi says he would if he if he lived there, if he if he lived in the area, he would. But most people saying no. Uh, I already have three J- M Reyes. I already have three Hertz jerseys. I need to get another LOL. Oh my goodness! How many Hertz <laughs> jerseys can one person have, man? <laughs> I see. I'm with like like. Father Sean already has this Kelly Green for back day. I'll get it when it calms down. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I would let it. Go. I would let it simmer a little bit, where I can easily get in the store, where the price may come down a touch. Yeah. That's that's always, you know, slow and steady move. I, I, that's but a here's smart the thing:
5: thing the, the price is not going to come down until like next off the off season.
4: True, after it's, Christmas, probably. absolutely.
5: Yep. Now you may get a slight discount if there's if they need to make a final push just to make the numbers look good for the year ends. They may you may get a discount for Christmas holiday season. True, maybe. True. But if these things go as hot as as people as, as anticipate, they will. They're not going to bring the price down.
4: Why would you? Yeah, Terry's hardcore. No grown man should ever wear another grown man's name on his back. <laughs> 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 oh, That's funny. You know, that that
5: gonna take how many how many game jerseys? I, ha- I think I have I have both. I have two Brian Dawkins game jerseys. One from Philly. One from uh when he was with Denver right those are actual game jerseys he autographed for me I'm never gonna wear them right you know, I'll frame them but I'm never gonna wear them because of what what it meant yeah um I have a hockey jersey I have I have a Flyers hockey jersey um but that's an autographed jersey and not where I'm not you wearing that. I have the Brett Favreau and his sister probably collecting probably the moths have had a field day with that one over the years Uh, let's see. I've had, I have, I've had, I tell you what I did it back when I lived in Pittsburgh, there was a big, back then it was a big fad to wear baseball jerseys like every day. I I did have a bunch of those, like from the old Negro league, you know, those kind of jerseys. Yeah. Just to wear them out a lot, you know, going shopping to the mall. They were really stylish and fashionable. Yep. I wore a lot of those. Um, I have maybe three or four different ones of those, like the Pittsburgh Crawfords and a couple of other teams like Kansas city Monarchs teams like that, you know, because, because of the, the color and the style. Yeah, but when it came to football jerseys which is you know my first love i've never openly worn a football jersey out anywhere'm no kidding honest.
4: yeah that's interesting i i did i i did when i was a kid uh but i haven't i haven't lately um in a long time in fact uh like i said i'm more like a t-shirt hoodie See, that's uh, me that's me yeah uh, that's that's more kind of my, my you know what
5: I'm so, you know what i'm so like Rob i i like wearing the baggy sweatpants yeah. My wife has forbidden me to wear baggy sweatpants. She made me buy new. She said I look like an old frumpy man wearing baggy sweatpants. She you didn't hear, she just went, ew.
4: Tighter is in the
5: joggers. Oh, yes. So yeah, I, I had to be on birth 365 this morning. So I grabbed a pair of that I bought recently from Costco. Now I shouldn't say recently, but back in the winter, February, March yeah. from Costco. They're called joggers. Uh, thank you, dear. They're called joggers, right? And they're slimmer, have the zipper pockets on the side. She goes. Now, those are the only ones you're allowed to wear. Now, wait a minute. First of all, why does she get to determine what I want to wear if, if it's comfortable for me? Happy I don't wife, tell her what she life. can wear.
4: Happy wife, happy life, Derek. Look, I never tell her what she can wear. You know that better than anybody, all right? You, you, you know that. Right, but to, this, to, but this, Tone says, uh, you old heads got to swag it out. Can't just wear your jersey with slacks and spurries, fellas.
2: See, but
5: <laughs> see Rob, there, <laughs> should be, there should be limitations in anything in life. We all have, we all have suggestions, but you know, if I feel, if I said, but hon, I feel comfortable in these, she should say, you know what? Okay. I get it. Yeah. He said, no, you look frumpy in them. I'm like, what?
4: Well, to me, like if you're doing what we do,
5: I'm not, no, I'm telling the truth. I mean, she wants me to look slimmer sleeker in them. She's not making her look bad. I'm not making you look bad.
4: I'm just sharing information. I think if you go out, that's different. Like if you're just sitting in front of your computer, yeah. Whatever's going on below the waist, what? wardrobe wise, who cares? Like, you know, yeah, you know that's the way I look at
5: it. No, but see, I used to wear them out all the time. The frumpy, the, the big baggy ones. You know, yeah,
4: it's out now. That's out. You gotta go sleeker. It's a sleeker look now, Derek. What you, you feel?
5: Restricted. Yes. Don't you feel yeah.
4: restricted? Uh I yeah, I don't love the trend necessarily. I, I but I, I adhere to the trends, but I don't love the
5: trend. I will say though, they look good, but yeah, it looks look better. Maybe it's me a look better, better look. look. And and I can use anything that can help me make make me look slimmer.
4: But here's part of the problem. The part of the problem now is the the super short shorts for men are coming back in.
5: I, I, you'll never see me in those. That's a problem. That's a you'll problem. You'll never see me in those. That yeah. that will never happen. Uh, no, yeah. That's like back in the '80s. Remember the uniform, the NBA
4: uniforms back in the '70s and '80s? Oh, dude, I don't even know how they fit in those things. I don't like, either. Dude. We're we're, yeah. we're slowly gross. creeping up to that, and that ain't good. See, I like I like the
5: '90s into the 2000s or longer, baggier, you know, shorts. I like those. So it's do I. You know what I'm saying? I see that's that's me right there.
4: Yes, I agree. I agree. Yes. So uh, apparently, not a nobody really uh, hit the uh, who who live in the area at least hit the uh, pro shops today, and nobody uh, nobody would camp out. So most people wouldn't at
5: least. See, somebody um, uh, we sped past it. Somebody said, you know, people camping out at three or four in the morning, don't they have jobs? I don't know. Maybe they work overnight shifts. I don't I,
4: know. I I don't know. I don't know. I uh, I don't. Maybe they're. Maybe they can go in late. Maybe they work for home. Maybe they just take the day. They they have they have vacation days built up. I'm I'm not sure. I asked I find myself asking that that question a lot. Like didn't doesn't this person have something else to do? But maybe not. I don't know. Who knows?
5: It's all good. The only thing I can never get into was like the, uh, what was it? The early two thousand late late nineties early two thousands. When every all the younger people would wear the oversized jacket with the oversized pants, you know, I'm like, why, what, 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 yeah. what fashion statement are you making here? I don't know. Jacket's two sizes too big, you know, especially in the winter, mm-hmm. like the parkas. I'm like, what, what are you, what are you hiding? It's like you, you dressed like you can put three or four people under this attire. <laughs> I mean, this. <laughs>
4: What are you getting out of this? I don't know, man. I don't know. We we're all slaves to the trends, right? I mean that that's all it is. But yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty wild scene though outside of there. And man, the Eagles, they, the NFL. If there was ever any question that the NFL isn't just a license to print money, man, oh man, right? I mean, just look at today. Dude, think about how many entities like the NFL that, that just come up
5: with an idea and accidentally print money. The, yeah. NFL, the NFL doesn't even have to try to print money. I mean, it's a great concept. You know, people buy the jerseys. Then whoever came up with the concept, let's implement the throwbacks. You know, look how many years we – and then now, over the last several years, the Thursday night games yeah. have the more vibrant colored jerseys. You know, the jerseys that – whatever they're wearing, yeah, the colors pop out even more so for Thursday night games. Mm-hmm. So there's like four different generations of jerseys now that people are buying – and the NFL is like just sitting back like this, cha-ching. Money's just rolling in. Yes, we can do no wrong.
4: Yeah, it's good. I mean, look, it's it, it, it's good for the people that they can, you know, get whatever they want. And if you got the bread, do it. I, I don't, I don't fault anybody. I, if you got it, you know, hey, go for it. That, that, that's really the bottom line. Um, all right, so a couple things uh, besides the uh, the Kelly Greens, and we'll get to the Eagles in a second, and we'll give you some some camp observations. And all those kind of things. Boy, what you talk about, and we're going to get into this heavy later, the storylines in the NFL, Derek, there's Woo! there's a million of them. Like, you know, and again, I'll, I'll say the, the beauty of the Eagles is it's none no nonsense. It's just we're talking about what, what's happening on the field here. That's football. But every it feels like almost every other team's got some craziness going on. I mean, between the soap opera in Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Rodgers fires back. And Sean, Sean Payton. Payton. Yeah. Uh, you know, sky still holding out. Guys injured. No real updates. Like, the, the Bengals tight-lipped on Burrow and what's going on there. Uh, where's you know, Dalvin Cook going? Right. Where's Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook taking in a Jets practice without a contract, just watching it. Like, really weird stuff, man.
5: Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? The NFL right now is like that soap opera, These are the days of our lives. really is. That's what it is. Yep. You know yeah. the storylines are endless coming out of the NFL right now, man.
4: Yeah, there always crazy, are, crazy man. people like us, you yeah. Know. Oh, I love it. I love it. There, there. Not a word of a complaint from me. I, I'll, I'll take every second of it. That's why, I, that's why I can't wait for camp to start. Even if there's not games, there's always something interesting going on. Always. Um, but no, it was. Uh, it's been amazing. So what we're going to dig into all that, like I said, and, and the Phillies because it was it was a true disaster over the over the weekend.
5: Do, do, do we have to talk about the Phillies? Do we do we really have to? Talk I, I don't about know them? if
4: I can get through it honestly. I, I mean, it, the the way that yesterday was an embarrassment to Little League. I mean, honest to God, like if you saw a group of eleven year olds doing some of the things that they were doing with infield pops, with ground balls into the outfield, with base running. And not to mention the manager setting the tone from the jump by not having Bryson Stodd in the lineup, the guy who's hitting three ten against left-handers, who's your best hitter. Like I don't know. I mean, to me, it's it's almost like, yeah, we can we can beat the Pirates anyway. Oh, really? Okay. So what happened yesterday?
5: I can't remember the, the last. Way? I can't remember the last time I sat through a baseball game, and I'm chuckling like a kid because of all the fouls, bleeps, bleeps, and blunders. I, I can't remember and, and again every time something happened I'm like oh, I bet Rob's on the edge of his seat right now
4: I was doing post game yesterday on on radio it, it was I was out of my mind I, I I'm sitting there in this studio with Al Morgani and and Al's just kind of shaking his head i'm I'm hot I'm hotter than fish grease as our buddy how do you go from in less in less
5: than a week? you go from taking 2 out of 3 from the best team in baseball in Baltimore to losing 2 out of 3 to one of the worst teams in baseball in
4: Pittsburgh. Yeah, I I will I I it's it's a reflection of the kind of team that they've been all year. And what, what did
5: I tell you on Friday? What we were talking about I said Rob, moving forward because it's late July. Mm-hmm. I can't get excited about this Phillies team because every day is a trial and tribulation with this team. Now, the fact that they got Washington coming up for three games, are you convinced they're gonna beat Washington two
4: out of three after Mm -hmm. seeing this mess they just pulled? No. No, I mean, look, they're going into a huge this this four game set in Miami's gigantic. I mean, it's gigantic because you you're right there. It, It it is so tight right now in the wild card. So I'll give you the I'll give you the standings right now, just in the wild card. So the way it sets up, you got the Giants are up one game. Milwaukee and Miami are tied at yep. forty-seven and forty-nine as their record. Yep. The Phillies are a half game back, fifty-six and forty-nine. Diamondbacks fifty-six and fifty are one game back. And don't look now, the Cubs are creeping. Cubs
5: are smoke. Well, they lo- finally lost yesterday, but the Cubs have won eight in a row. Yeah, they're creeping up.
4: Uh, they're only one game back. So this thing is, or three and a half back. Excuse me. This thing is super tight, super tight here. And it's Uh, going to be that way until the end of the season. Yeah. And you may look back at a game like this and and it may cost you the playoffs losing a game like this that you absolutely had.
5: And and we're still sitting here waiting for the, the, to find out what the Phillies are going to do by way of a trade. The Marlins have already made moves to shore up their pitching staff. Yeah. You know, they've already strengthened their pitching staff and we're still waiting to find out what this team is going to do.
4: But again, how much can they do with the money they have invested in a lot of these guys how much can they do yeah I know I know all right let, let's get it let's head it here let, let's go into some uh, some pretty heavy camp observations what we've seen over the last couple of days what it looked like yesterday today was a walkthrough but we'll uh we'll go through what went down yesterday who's looking good who isn't looking good there's a lot of ground to cover when it comes to the Eagles that's for sure so don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yeah, I've been going there since I was a kid. Bravo Pizza of Havertown has been family-owned since 1985. It is a family feel. You got Alex and the entire crew in there. And they offer up 20 different styles of pizza with fresh food made every day. They have slices to go. They have the you-name-it-they'll-make-it specialized pizza your way. Not just pizza, though. Fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads, you name it. It's all there. Bravo Pizza of Havertown's also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where those proceeds go to each and every one of those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call right now, 610 446 3810. 610 446 3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown.
3: E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles.
4: We're back. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jiggy Sports YouTube Network. Let's hit the uh, like button if we could, friends. All right, let's talk some Eagles, Derek, camp observations. So uh, day three was yesterday. Uh, they practiced in shells and shorts and uh, for about an hour and 35 minutes, approximately. They had a walkthrough today. Tomorrow looks like it's going to be um, pads on tomorrow. Um, by all accounts, Jalen Hurts, very, very sharp, um, has looked good on, the, on both deep balls, in, intermediary passes, uh, you know, really anything getting out of the pocket. Uh, pretty on 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 the money so far, so it looks like he's hit the ground running. That's encouraging
5: for sure. Yeah, I think uh, he was like 16 of 19 yesterday. Uh, a couple of touch, touchdown passes, a uh, great touch on his deep balls. You know that that's all good to hear. Um, you know the offense. It seems that it caught up, finally got their revenge. You know since camp open, we'd heard so much about defensive players that have looked very good, but it seems like the offense hit its stride yesterday, which which is good to hear. But then again. You know, that's what we expect. We expect this offense to be far ahead of the defense when they hit the ground running for real. You know, anytime you're implementing seven new starters on a defense, whole new defensive coaching staff, two so-called defensive coordinators, it's going to take a while before things come together. Hopefully it comes together a lot sooner rather than later. But for the most part, except for the elevation of an offensive coordinator on the offensive side, everything remains intact over there in the right guard. But, you know, when you're playing between two pro bowlers, the right guard position is not going to suffer no matter who's in that position. So I'm I'm not surprised that the, that the offense finally had it today.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So they, he looked at, but again, take it for what it's worth. Mariota struggled. Uh, apparently again, understand they're working on things. I, you know, I'm not one who looks at it as, as it's the end all be all. I wonder Derek, I said this to you in watching and I watched all, I finished it off. I watched all the quarterback uh, Netflix series. Yep. You know, I didn't really love the way that ended in Atlanta for Mariota. You know, I I know he got his knee done and he felt like he was he was having issues with his meniscus, but it sort of seemed like he just left him in the lurch. Go ahead and say it. I know you want to say the quit word. The quit word. I don't know. I I, you know, and again, Arthur Smith was very careful not to bury him, um, but. You know, I guess as a backup, it's fine. But I do worry a little bit about where this guy's mindset is. If football's the you know his biggest priority, I do worry about. that. Well, I think from a,
2: from
5: a human element, when when your career when you come out of college as this highly touted quarterback, this big time prospect, you go as high as he did in the draft. Um, you have all the attributes, and let's face it, he was one of these guys. Also, these new age quarterbacks that can take off and run at any given moment, could run the read option. First few years in the league, it looks promising, but then all of a sudden, out of nowhere starts to tailspin to the point where now he's a journeyman quarterback. And then you subject yourself to being on camera 24-7 for a series. You get your opportunity to start down in Atlanta on a team that's going nowhere and trying to find and build an identity, and all of a sudden the rugs pulled out from under you. That's a little bit embarrassing. Yeah. Anybody, you know, and and like I told you before, without giving too much away. Now you understand why he faded out of the series once it was announced that he was being demoted.
4: Yeah. It, yeah. it really became – it was some Kirk Cousins, but it became the Mahomes show yeah. for,
5: for the last few episodes for I sure. I mean, imagine if that was you or your son. How you yeah, I, I get it. You I know what it. I mean? Yeah. I mean, what else is he going to say? You, you want to hear, is he going to trash the team for making the decision? Is he going to suck it up and be the, the consummate team? Is he going to be forced to be the consummate team player on right. camera? Yep. for the cameras if he lets any type of negative emotion slip can you imagine a backlash or criticism he's going to get for that mm-hmm. that was a trying time in his life you know he's expecting a baby
4: and he's got to deal with this as well yeah you know yeah i hear you uh, we'll, we'll see and again you if you're getting to your backup you're generally in trouble for if it's more than ext- an extended period of time like if you get, get two or three games That's fine. We've seen that the last couple of years with the Eagles, uh, you know, with Hurts going down, but it's a big deal. Uh, Anyway, Anyway, he never developed as a passer the way that he needed to for the NFL.
5: Well, well, think think about it like this also, Rob. Derek Carr is this prolific passer. He gets demoted the last few games with the Raiders. He doesn't travel with the team. He stepped away from the team. Yep. You know, and and it it was mutually agreed upon. Maybe you shouldn't be here so you're not a distraction. Good point.
4: So that man's getting paid seven figures to sit at home. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, Look, I I think I think it's fair, but we'll it's see. It's we'll true. see if he if he picks up his game a little bit.
5: We yeah. we I don't care what you do in life. When something's taken away from you, we all have moments where we pout, we're disappointed, sure. we're mad, we're angry. You know, we 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 think through scenarios of you know what I should have told them this, or I should have said this, or maybe I should say this and let people know what's going on. But then you, when the, when cooler heads prevail, you sit back and you say, you know what. What do I gain if I lash out verbally? Nothing. Right. Makes you look worse than the people who made the decisions to diminish
4: yeah. the role. It's not that I wanted him to, to lash out. I just uh I don't know. I, I don't know that it was handled the best way, but I guess that's sort of sports now too. Um, all right, beyond that, uh receiver. Take it for what it's worth. Thus far, Quez Watkins has looked good. Yeah, I'll believe it when he starts catching yeah, okay. balls in the games. That's where I'm at. But all, all we can go off of right now is what's happening at camp. And so far, he's looked good. He's looked like he, he's he's gotten almost all the reps as the number three guy and thus far has played well.
5: You want to know what I want to say about Quez Watkins right now? Yes. Next topic. <laughs> hey, until I see it in a real game. You're, next you're Rosenhouse
4: now. Next question. Is next that question. That
5: That's okay. it. Next
4: question. Okay, uh, I you know,
5: I got to see it to believe it.
4: All right, uh, so there, that's that. Now this is interesting. You may not be familiar with the name, and and he's you know not exactly what you would call a household name, but Joseph Nagata, he's a receiver who apparently is is really looking good thus far and is kind of outshining at least in the early going here, Alabed Zacchaeus. So yeah. he, he's a receiver out of Clemson. Uh, he's good, good size, six six three two seventeen. 217 rookie out of Clemson, uh, undrafted, but so far he's looked very good. You know, at, at everything, whether it's deep routes, intermediate routes, you know, any of those kind of things. But here's the thing. Zacchaeus has the experience. He's done it in the NFL. He's had, he had a pretty good year last year in Atlanta, speaking of where the quarterback situation was sort of up and down. So just a name to keep in mind, Joseph, it's N G A. TA Nagata just keep the name in mind somebody you'll be seeing in preseason games at least that we know okay all right yeah. you know how i feel about training camp and all that preseason yeah. okay. okay i'm just giving you who looks good who doesn't all right I'm this done. is I'm this done. is interesting too. so jergens is getting all the reps on the first team at the right guard spot they cl- right, it, this, yeah this is clearly his job to lose the the only way we're going to see steen i think is if jergens looks awful i'm talking about non injury is if Jurgens looks awful, that's it. I mean, this is Jurgens gig.
5: But, but, but as much as we talk about um, Jurgens right now holding that position, it's still etched in the back of my mind when Sirianni said he's the starting right guard for now. Which means there obviously is room for somebody else to move in, or to me, it sounds like maybe they're hoping somebody else can move into that role so they can put Jurgens back as that definitive backup to Jason Kelsey to keep him fresh in case something would happen to Kelsey.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, you know, you're right. It's his job to lose. But when the head coach says he's our starter for now, he covers all areas. He's He didn't tell you, hey, he's my starter. You know, he said, hey, for that's today. Tomorrow could be another story based on who gets, who gets caught up to speed. Yeah. You know, we know they like bigger body offensive linemen. We know that. And mm-hmm. with Jergens being 6'3", Compared to steam being 6'6", there's a there's a vast difference there. But yeah. Jergens has earned that right to step into that role,
2: mm-hmm.
5: no question about it. Yeah, you know, and I think he can hold it down. But even if he starts, what do they really want Jergens to be for them? Is he that is he that security blanket Like for Linus, in case the, the the future Hall of Famer gets hurt, you know what would happen if Juergens starts and all of a sudden you have Jurgens and Kelsey hurt at the same time. Now they obviously have a contingency plan for a third center, yep. but when you get to that third center, not
4: quite as fluid as one of those two guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, listen, I agree. Um, I, it, it's going to be interesting too. let's say Jurgen's this is a good problem by the way, but let's say Jurgens plays great this year at guard and then Kelsey retires would you keep them at guard? Well, I know I'm getting way ahead of myself, but hypothetically, it's kind of interesting to think down the line a little bit, how that would look, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Look, I, I trust, I trust their ability to develop these guys. Once they get them in there, I trust Stoutland and I trust the guys who are playing next to him to sort of maybe make up if there are some mistakes made along the way to make yeah. up. So that, I, look, I, I think everything will be fine. Who, whomever it is in that spot. I really do Uh Also interesting. Jordan Davis. Says he's at about 340, 345, which is where he was last year. He said the difference between this year and last year for him, even though there isn't any specific weight loss, is he said his conditioning is night and day. He said, All what he did the entire offseason, even though he didn't lose weight, was there was a lot of cardio, a lot of agility. What he said, a lot of moving is the way he explained it, not moving, you know, from one place to another, like constant movement. And he said that he can now handle the reps a lot better than he was able to handle them last year.
5: To be honest, I honestly thought, you know, with the offseason season condition, conditioning and stuff like that, um, I thought he would be closer to like three thirty. to be honest, you know, and he's still, he said he's 340 345 you know, that that's not a three down lineman, man. You know, right. I don't care what kind of shape you're in. That's a lot of weight to carry, especially when you're laying up against other guys uh, offensive tackles and you know that's a situational player and maybe that's what they want him to be is that you know like a Vince Woolfolk you know was right. in New England for so many years phenomenal and that way yeah he was phenomenal that way he was a situational player maybe that's mm-hmm. what they want him to be considering all the speed and versatility
4: they have surrounding him you know yeah uh, absolutely look if that's I'm not saying he's gonna be Vince Woolfolk but if, if he turns out to be some semblance of that or version of it he will have been worth it because what he's going to do to help others, if that's the case, occupying guys, just just stuffing everything up in the middle, almost being like a Hollis Thomas type. If he ends up being that kind of guy, that's very valuable. It's not it's not overly glamorous or spectacular, and his numbers aren't going to be jumping off the paper at you or the screen at you. But you need that in that league badly.
5: When you when you look at the guys that are that size, the Haloti Nadas who played the game, the. Tony Saragusas, the Vince Wolf folks, you know, their job is to eat up space, control gaps, command double teams so somebody can slip through the gap and be a disruptive force. But you have to be able to get some push. You have to be able to split the gap occasionally and get in the quarterback's face. If he's a situational player but not making some kind of play, then people are going to come down on him. And, and, you know, that's understandable. When you draft a guy that high, when you're the 13th pick in the draft and you're this phenomenal talent, and we understand that from the d tackle position um it's a thankless job you don't you don't get a lot of the individual accolades there's very few th- there's no Aaron Donalds a- across the national football league yeah. you know and Aaron Donald is not big for a D tackle he's built to be a dn but he's so exceptional at the d tackle he's everybody else is compared to him nobody else is Aaron Donald that's mm-hmm. a one of a kind yeah you know but for for, for Jordan Davis with that type of girth, he'd be he better be able to do something more than just stand up straight off the line of scrimmage and, and maybe consume two blockers. You've got to, you've got to do something that, that, that gets you mentioned or noticed periodically. A no, few- I agree.
4: Look, he's got to be a run stuffer. He's got to, he's got to create push in the middle. And Anthony, uh, you know, says Hollis Thomas was a, sorry, uh, Top Jordan Davis, top top fifteen pick. I know, I know where Hollis Thomas. I, I understand that. Yeah. My comparison was body size. What he was being asked to do is potentially what Jordan Davis is going to be asked to do. Obviously, that, let's exactly. not take everything like totally literally, please, folks. Exactly, exactly. I'm hoping that he can have the kind of impact where. So what Hollis did a lot of times, a he was very good in the run game, but what he was also good at was. He would get a push up the middle, which is the toughest thing for a quarterback to have a rush coming into your face. Exactly. That also allowed guys like Hugh Douglas and 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 others to come from the end and tee off. That's what I'm hopeful he is, at least now. Like, do I want to see him get you five, six sacks a year on top? Of course I do. Uh, and I'm not trying to lower the bar for him. I would just like to see at least something. I mean, last year it was, I get it in his defense. He was hurt a little bit, but now... Now you you need to show what you can do here. In my opinion, like I think you're gonna we're gonna see his running mate Jalen Carter, right? Like come off the screen. I think I think he's just gonna be freaking awesome.
5: If you can get a D tackle who can get push, it 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 messes up a quarterback's drop. You know whether it's a five step drop, seven step drop, whatever the case may be. Yeah, you force them off this spot. They can't just sit in the pocket like they want to and plant their foot and, and deliver. You're going to force them to throw on a run more. You're going to throw some you're going to force them to make more off off balance type throws. That that's what the the upper echelon D-tackles are able to do in the National Football League. Can Jordan do that at 340, 345? That's what the Eagles are hoping. But again, we got to see it. You know, and when he's if he's going up against second and third string offensive linemen in preseason games, you're not really getting a true gauge in terms of what he can and cannot do because nine times out of ten. Those guys are going to either be your backups or looking for work elsewhere when, cut, when it comes down to definitive cutdown day in September.
4: Yep. Uh, so that's the case with Jordan Davis. Uh, he's playing, in, again, in a lot of four-man fronts. So Sidney Brown starting to make a little bit of an impact. Um, played very well yesterday. You're seeing them sort of work him in a little bit for um, for Terrell Edmonds. You know, he's a guy – The here's what it feels like for me with Sidney Brown. Feels like by about week seven or eight, we're having, the, or maybe even a little bit earlier, we're having that conversation, Derek. Where hey, should he be playing more? Hey, should he be starting? Feels like it's going to take a minute, but you know he's already starting to show you some good signs here uh, early, and and what, you know the potential that he has because he definitely is a guy who has a a nose for the ball. That's for sure.
5: Yeah, but if Reed Blankenship is playing up to expectation, there's there's not going to be a conversation, nor is there a need to have that conversation.
4: Well, it's more with with Edmonds than
5: Blankenship. Well, what if Edmonds playing up the expectation? Then there's, there's
4: really not a conversation. Well, obviously, if those two are both playing really well, yeah, yeah he's not going to yeah. correct the lineup. I, um, I'm saying I think somebody may be, you know, maybe not playing in their A game, and that's where he, he gets a shot.
5: Okay. Well, you know how we are. You know, we see a shiny new toy. Yep. You want that shiny new toy in there, no matter what's going on. But if they're if they're holding it down on the back end, he's probably going to get his his playing time as Nickobe D- Dean did, more so on special teams, more so um, than than, than in, in between the stripes on the snaps, um, and that's understandable, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, I think it's imperative we watch this safety position closely mm-hmm. because, my, again, I I, mean, I can't say it enough. I've said it all off season. Since he's been signed here. Mike Tomlin doesn't just let defensive players go in their prime for a reason.
4: You know, without a reason. That I agree with you. Especially a guy who knows the system very well. Yes. Like he does. Uh, yes. You
0: know. So
4: th- that's that's one. And then the other the other one is um from a linebacking standpoint, um Nicholas Morrow is struggling in coverage. Again, take all of this with a grain of salt because it's right. camp, and they they're working on stuff. But he's struggling in coverage, apparently, and that's where you could see some Christian Ellis worked in there. Uh, Nicobe Dean hasn't been bad, but he hasn't really flashed. He's just been kind of quiet. But he hasn't, you know, it isn't one of those things where you're noticing him in a bad way. He's just been kind of quiet in general. So, you know, that that both of those spots, and, and that's another name. At least Christian Ellis showed it to you a little bit last year when he got some opportunities. It could be in
5: there. See, right now, I would imagine Nicobe Dean's head is swimming because- every day it classes in session for him, you know, you got an offense that's showing him different things and I'm sure there's some guessing involved. Yep. So, you know, if he makes a mistake, it has to be discussed why you should do this. Or what, what did you see here? This, this constant discussions with the, with the coordinators, with the personnel, exactly. Why did you do this? What were you thinking? What do you, what do you think you saw? Here's what you do in those situations to audible out of it. Yep. You no, know, every day. And so I'm, I'm not surprised that he's been relatively quiet. He's got to grow into that role. Yep. I've said that time and time again. It's not that you can just plop him in there. I mean, TJ Edwards wasn't that play. No, he's You know, TJ Edwards wasn't a player two years ago that he
4: was last year. Exactly. And to that's the this. thing. You, you gotta have some growth. Like people like JM, who who said Goddard exactly, JM? Who said Goddard? Who said he's struggling just with Goddard? Did 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 I say that? Nope. No, so let's let's try and not make our assumptions here. He's struggling with everybody apparently uh, that comes his way in coverage. So it's not just Goddard. So just for what it's worth, um, yeah. I mean, look, we'll, we'll we'll see what ends up happening there. But the good news is, Hassan Reddick back from the groin injury. Back. That's that's good. Get him, just get him, get him out there, get him some reps, man. That's huge.
5: I don't I don't think I don't think Reddick needs as many reps as he may get. I mean, when you talk about a groin injury it's like it's like a hamstring it's like a calf strain yep you know when you think you're feeling good you get out there and all of a sudden you re-aggravate it mm-hmm. everybody knows what a sound redick can do if there's if there's one player on the field that doesn't need multitude of reps it's a sound redick you know what his job description is mm-hmm. i would be i would be overly cautious with this groin thing because if he re-injures it usually when you re-injure it it's worse than it was initially you know right. it takes you that much longer to come back from you know um Reddick doesn't need the reps. Yep, it's the younger guys that need to get the reps. Whoever's backing him up, those are the guys that need the Nolan Smith. Those guys are the guys that that's, need. It, the that
4: can be a blessing in disguise.
5: Yes, absolutely,
2: kind of
4: guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, don't I mean, look, worry about it. Oh no, no. You just want to make sure that he's he's good health wise. That's all you're looking for because you know how they, there's a recurrence in those kind of injuries, man. That's the that's why the Cincinnati's being so careful with Burrow here. Oh, I, to me, he doesn't even touch a practice field until the until prep for Week One. Why should he? Yeah, you know what you're getting out of him. Yeah, he knows where he's supposed to
5: be. You know, if anything, you can learn all the calls you need to learn in the classroom. Yep. His job, his job, his job description in a lot of ways, while it fits in a concept, is more individual than it is within a concept because he knows what, he knows when he's coming off that edge. He knows what he's up against. They know what his specialty is. You know. Yeah. I wouldn't I just no way I'd overuse him at this point I don't need him until that first game against New England to be honest with you
4: yeah I look I'm with you it's not even a thought I'd be I, I would be uber I and look I think that's the Eagles approach anyway the Eagles are a very careful smart organization when it comes to injuries they're, right. they're not forcing no anything. No. Did you see the, the, the latest that, that people are uh, have, have uh, commented on? So, apparently, uh, Jalen Hurts screensaver. Have you seen this one? Jalen Hurts screens? Oh, yeah, I heard about that, yeah. Is him walking off with all the confetti coming down and he's using it as motivation every single time? <laughs> this is what we're you know what? digging in on now.
5: <laughs> if, 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 he wa- if he wants that constant <laughs> reminder to motivate himself no. to be better in any way – fine if, if he you know some guys say i want to forget about that as quick as possible yeah if he wants that constant reminder of that feeling he had when he walked off that field and the grandest of moments, knowing that they had that game in halftime
4: and let it slip yeah The more power to it. i'm with you i think it's great and it's it's him it's so on brand for him it's not it's not him sitting in his in his uh bentley it's him yeah. like you know remembering that mo- i think it's everything that jalen hurts is all about exactly yeah. That's part of his persona, you know. He he is
5: he is self motivated. He's such a mature individual for 24, 25 years of age. He is the consummate leader on that team. The way the players rally around him is second to none. Yep. You know whatever he need whatever he needs to stay focused, to stay laser focused, to be better than what he was. And I don't know how much better he can be than what he was last year. Yeah. More power to him. You know. Yeah. If, you know if if you need if you. I thought the more definitive picture would where he dropped the ball if he wanted that that that, that reminder. You right, that's true. <laughs> you know, but but I'm saying if if that image is etched in his mind, yes. that feeling he had, that emptiness in his stomach he had when he walked off that field, knowing that they were oh so close yep. of winning that Super Bowl in his his second year as a starter in the National Football League, then use it to the nth degree.
4: Well, I think too, what you're all, the the impact you're also seeing is. With DeAndre Swift is exactly what we thought it was going to be. He's just been a demon out of the backfield catching passes. I think this is going to be a big part of this offense incorporated here. You know, just utilizing what skills you have. I mean, this is where you love having the ability to to pound Penny and and use Swift in space Mm -hmm. and how effective Mm -hmm. that can be here, whether that's, you know, a swing pass or whether that's, you know, a pitch to him, whatever you know it's going to really be difficult for defenses to key on anything here when you have this this many different you know options at running back
5: don't don't bottle up deandre swift between the tackles yep. he's so dangerous once he gets out an open space i would line him up in the slot yep hitch pass middle screen left screen right screen let him get behind those big bodies and wiggle his way downfield i think that's where he's the most effective yep. and i would also think that would lessen the, the body damage he could he could endure as well. That's true.
4: Plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. And Penny, Penny wants to get down a little bit weight wise from where he's been the last couple of years. Um, still wants to keep the power, obviously. Uh, but he thinks that may help him in sort of maintaining here. And and, you know, I, I hey, I'm all for it. You know, if that whatever he thinks would work best. Uh Bradbury's had a thus far pretty good camp which no surprise, I feel like he's just, man, second year sort of in this quasi system. I know it's a different uh, coordinator, but they're playing the same sort of fundamental stuff. That's a biggie, man. I think Bradbury's going to be a monster this year.
5: I do too. And, and rightfully so. He's another one. You know, he never had that chance when he was with the Giants, you know, to to get that close to winning at all. Yeah. And, and I think he's on a mission. He's come back here, signed that contract, could have got a bit more money in the open market took lesser money because he knows he there's unfinished business here. And he's with the team he's comfortable with. They have a great nucleus of players coming back. You got everything you need to have an opportunity to get back to the big game again. You know, I expect him to be as consistent this season as he was last
4: year. Yeah, I'm with you. And, look, I think that he – the big one for me is Slay. I mean, that's the one that I worry about just because of the way that he finished last year. And I don't know what that's going to look like honestly i I don't know if he's a guy on the downside he just got into a bit of a funk last year he started off great and then it was it was not great the rest of the way even the, including the playoffs
2: mm.
5: year older hopefully a year wiser yeah you know you wonder when he gets to that age what is he now 32
2: 33
5: yep um his father time creeping up on him Mm -hmm. but obviously the Eagles uh, don't feel that way because they brought him back at a a restructured deal. Yeah. And he was probably their best option compared to what was out there in the open market. That's understandable. They didn't want to use a draft, a high draft pick to pick another corner, obviously, you know, and this team, you know, notoriously, they likes to build, they like to build from the trenches. Yep. You know? And so, you know, he's got one more shot in the sun to see if he can do it, you know? And, And, and he's smart enough. I mean, there's nothing he should be able to not see, but can the mental mechanism kick in with that ability to where he can hold it down more consistently than he did just a season ago? And I think, and I think he knows that as well as anybody. Mm-hmm. He knows how he started compared to how he finished. So you have so many guys on this team that is, that, that should be self motivated because of what what they did all season long and how it ended. Yeah, you know, it just crashed crashed at the most inopportune time. No Um, question. I I would say Slay will come back on a mission as well to prove to to, to kind of quiet the doubters out
4: there, so to speak. Absolutely. All right. You know what? Let's do this, Derek. Let's keep the uh, the football momentum going when we come back because it it has been an off season of running backs, and not in a good way. Not in a not in a they're getting paid way. In a weird, controversial strange 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 offseason, and it got way weirder with the Jonathan Taylor stuff over the weekend this yep. this stuff I, I mean is straight out of a soap opera but between he 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 puts it out there he's unhappy he meets with Jim Irsay in the, in his you know big RV at camp yep. then comes out and throws the gauntlet down and then the Colts respond Let, let's dig into all of it uh, when we come back, but he's not the only one. All right. So we'll, we'll dive into the running back situation in the NFL. When we return Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis sports stake Jacob sports, YouTube network. Let's talk about Jim Murray and principal financial group, because finding the right person to trust with your finances can be a scary proposition. And I'm right there on the front of the line. I was for a long time, but found that right person with Jim. And I trust him with my finances as, as well as principal financial group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, or you have a small business, and you need help with your employee benefits, that's another resource that Jim can assist you with. I know personally I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollo- rollover with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. Or you could email him as well. Murray, murra Jim at That's Murray.Jim at Principal.com.
1: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
6: The big story on Action News.
1: Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
6: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
3: Go birds!
1: Alright, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. Alright, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> go, Toretto. Go, Fake Fake 'em on. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it.
6: Again.
4: You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings.
0: United Healthcare.
6: Uh
7: huh.
3: E A G L E S Eagles.
4: Derek on Rob Ellis Sports State, Jacob Sports YouTube Network on this Monday, last day of July. Derek, we are we are heading into no. August. Yes, full bore, man. Uh, you know the the yesterday in this area. Today, beautiful. I mean, just it's it's warm enough for your liking, but it's not the oppressive humidity. You so it's still good for you, my man. Still got a little breeze and it's warm. It's nice. I don't view ninety five degrees as oppre- uh, <laughs> oppressive. I view
5: it as as soothing to the soul and to the skin and muscles.
4: That's um, how I view it. I like the warm, but not ninety five. I could do without. yeah, yeah could, Come yeah. on, man. No, no, not that. Oh. Way. Uh, go out today. It's you'll see. It's perfect man I, I I mowed the lawn early I was it was great it was great I wasn't hey, by so- the way
5: happy birthday to my son-in-law um Alex today um we're gonna celebrate this evening you know um yep uh, and, and as I told you last week man between July August and September I go broke with birthdays in this family from from kids to son-in-laws to grandkids right And to daughter a, a daughter one of my daughters um I was like, there's like six or seven between between the dates of july 8th and september 2nd we have like six or seven birthdays Jeez, oh my
4: so, gosh oh my and, goodness yeah my son was yesterday so i have to say bobby e yeah that's all good how old is bobby now 22 You're getting up there i know man yeah he, he, uh, uh, it was good we went out we went out friday night he had fun he's doing good um all right, so uh, a couple things. This is uh, this is pretty interesting, right? So um, we know all the chaos, all the craziness that's been going on in Indy, right? And it's it's been it's been strange. Zach Moss, their running back, broke his arm. Yep. All right, so that's that that happened today. So l- let's rewind to to what's been happening with Jonathan Taylor. Okay, we all know. Unfortunately, it was a little bit banged up last year, but stud, you know, et cetera. And Chris, thank you. Thank you for the the birthday wishes. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, So he's made it known that he's, like most running backs, I think he's entering the last year of his deal. He's unhappy with his contract. Yep. He's put it out there. So uh, you remember Jim Irsay, the owner, made some comments about running backs, and then then he backed off a little bit, saying it wasn't intended to be a shot at Jonathan, you know, et cetera. Um, so Jonathan Taylor and Ursa meet on Saturday in his what you call it a luxury RV? What, yeah, what was luxury that? RV? Like a Madden bus kind of thing. It was like that, right? Big, real big, uh, travel bus. So anyway, that what emerges from that? Usually, when that kind of thing happens, everybody comes out and is like "Kumbaya," right? Everybody's on the same page and they're good. Yep. Not, not the case. Not the case. Um. So it came out as soon as he came out of that meeting. It really went public that he wanted out. He wanted he wanted to be traded. So then the Colts yesterday come out with this, or at least there's something leaked that they may put him. He was already on the physically unable to perform list because of the ankle issues that he had last year that he has a back issue and he may be put on the, you know, Non-football injury list. So what that does is, there's a difference between the pup list, physically unable to perform, and the non-football injury list. The non-football injury list means the Colts aren't on the hook to pay him. No, nope. If the injury happened away from the facility, away from their, their folks, their medical people, they're saying he hurt himself in the offseason, hurt his back. He's complaining of back pain, et cetera. Yesterday, Jonathan Taylor throws a, a tweet or an X out there where he says, no back issue, uh, with, where your sources are, et cetera. So, and, uh, anyway, there's so, some kind of ugly impasse happening here, and it feels like, Derek, the Colts are trying to play hardball now with him and stick it to him and not pay him a darn thing. So, I don't know where this thing's headed.
5: You know what? It can't get any uglier than what's going on in Indianapolis right now. And Jim Irsay, if I was a free agent, that was that's one team I would not want to play for. Yeah, that's one owner I would not want to play for. Even he could offer me twenty million more than anybody else, and I'll say no, thank you very much. Yeah, you know, trying to survive in the NFL is tough enough, and when you got to play with a dysfunctional organization like that, there's no joy in playing the game. There's only frustration. You know, they keep talking about they don't want to pay. Ursa doesn't want to pay. You know, um, you know, the running back is anymore. Yeah, yep. <laughs>
4: but
5: they had no problem. No problem back in the day. When Andrew Luck abruptly retired, he was able to keep over $24 million. They mm-hmm. could have recouped that money. Yep. But no, they let Andrew Luck keep that, and he abruptly retired. Now, Jonathan Taylor's coming off an injury. Two years ago, he was a rushing champion in the National Football League. He's considered one of the elite backs in the game, but your owners already said, hey, you ain't worth it. You ain't worth that kind of money. And now you're going to try to backpack. Well, it wasn't a direct shot at them. Yes, it was. Hear yeah. you know what you said when you said it? Yep. It was well thought out when you said it. Now, because of public scrutiny, now you want to back off. The damage has been done. If I'm Jonathan Taylor, why would I want to play for this man? Yeah. And on top of that, Rob, if they, if, if, if this leak from within the organization and they try to pull not paying him for the season and putting him on that list, number one, he loses accreditation for a full season in the NFL. Number two, the salary he's making now goes right back in the pot for next year. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, they still franchise him next year. Yeah. So you're gonna have the same issue
4: that you had you're going through right now? Is that what you want? Well, I think on top of it, and, and we, we were talking when you and I were discussing this before the show, why would anybody want to go play for this guy? You know, Hell you mean. get drafted, you're, you're whatever. You don't have you don't have a choice. But why would any free agent or anybody who had any say in where they get traded want to go play for this man? I, I just don't understand it. You know, there's ways to handle things. Like I get it; nobody wants to pay running backs anymore. You know, I, I understand that. But the way that all this has gone down, and now you're you might be trying to get out from paying him, even you know what his salary is right it's now.
5: Atrocious. It's atrocious.
4: Whoa,
5: you know. So so you may have your 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 feature back may not play for you. Your number two back, who was your second leading rusher, who averaged four point eight yards a carry last year is out a minimum six weeks with a broken arm, what are you going to do with the running game? Now you're going to get somebody off the scrap heap? If I'm a free agent, a veteran free agent sitting at home, hey, look, I don't care what you're offering me. I'm not interested in playing for that team. Be- especially because you know when Jonathan, if Jonathan Taylor came back, you're going to be an afterthought. Right. You know, if I'm a free agent sitting out there, I want to go somewhere where I have a chance to play to prove myself – to hopefully parlay that into a contract for the 2024 season. Mm-hmm. I'm not going into Indianapolis, number one, just to hold down the fort until Jonathan Taylor either decides he wants to play or the organization decides that they want him to play. Um, and I'm certainly not playing for Ursa. You know, yeah. that's the last dude in the NFL right now. First, it was Daniel Snyder. Well, he's out of the league now. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Ursa has jumped to the forefront of people you don't want any parts of.
2: Yeah, I certainly
5: I as a running back waiting for somebody to call me, you, you, you might as well save it, save your dime. Don't call me. I'd yeah. rather sit out the season and play for the Colts right now.
4: Uh, yeah. And you know, I, I, I look at it and I'm like, if I'm Shane Stike and he was asked about it today and he's like, you know, uh, Jonathan's dealing with something. I, I don't want to go there. It's like you, you, man, this guy's got it. He's, he's trying to break in a rookie quarterback who we'll talk about in a little bit, but he's also got to deal with this. I mean, you're talking about this guy other than, I don't know, maybe Quentin Nelson, you can make an argument, the offensive guard, but Jonathan Taylor, when healthy is arguably their best offensive weapon. Yep. That, that he likely won't be able to utilize either because he's not hundred percent healthy or all the contract stuff that's going on. I like, how does or like, I guess the way I look at it is what's his end game. Do you think you're making this situation better, worse, even even if you could have just calmed things down and gotten through the season with him on this contract, you could have figured it out in the offseason. Now you're already behind the eight ball. Like, sure, could you go out and get Dalvin Cook or, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, who's, you know, on the back nine? I guess you could. But it's not better than Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion.
5: No. And if I'm Jonathan Taylor, I'm looking at what I'm surrounded by uh, as a football team, probably going to have a rookie quarterback in my huddle, at the very best, a journeyman veteran in Gardner Minshew. You know, uh, my receiving core is okay. Michael Pittman Jr. is okay. But outside of that, we don't have anything much. The offensive line is okay. You know, am I really, really excited about the prospects of what's to come with this team moving in another direction? Why don't you just trade me, get the draft picks, or see what you can get back in another position you could possibly need? No doubt. You know? You're going to have a guy who's a feature back in the NFL playing under a disgruntled umbrella the entire season because he has a strained relationship with the owner and because this this is a team that's making a transition to a so-called reclamation project, especially once Anthony Richardson takes over that team. Yeah. Now, he can be a phenomenal athlete, but he's got to go through the growing pains of learning how to play at the NFL level. You know, Minshew is what he is he's a nice supporting role player but he's not a frontline quarterback in the NFL. If I'm Jonathan Jonathan Taylor, I'm not happy at all about my situation in, in Indy. Uh-oh. Did we lose Rob? Uh Oh, I guess somehow, someway, Mr. Ellis must have dropped out for a moment. Hopefully we get him back soon. But the the, the running back situation across the board, the National Football League, has been topic of conversation for some time now because of the prominent names that are sitting out there. Josh Jacobs is not signed. Dalvin Cook is still looking for a home. Uh, We know the Jonathan Taylor situation. And I don't see how it's going to be resolved.
4: Hey, there he is! What happened, man? I don't know. Just went to went black for for a second. I got it back up as quickly as I could. My apologies. And you, th-
5: and you thought it was me? See, you <laughs> no, not you.
4: again, that was one hundred percent this guy, not not that guy, not that guy. Um, but all I, right. I was just saying, did you think did you think that the NFL that,
5: that the running back position would be such a hot topic of discussion? No, at this stage of
4: a summer, I didn't think it would go Across to this no, I didn't. No. Erica, honestly. I, I mean, it, like if you, I know you just hit on it, but if you really think about this for a minute, all the Taylor stuff, which is only getting uglier as, as, as every minute, right. You have all of that. The Saquon thing that's not over. Like I think this no. is very well his last year in New York, right? There's, there's the Saquon thing, which was poorly handled from both sides. I think, um, you go beyond that. You got Josh Jacobs is still out of right now, holding out. Yep. He he's pissed off about the tag. Uh, you have Pollard tagged. He did sign it, but I'm sure he's not thrilled about what's going on there. Uh,
5: Dalvin Cook sitting there. Kareem Hunt is still sitting out there, right? Um, Leonard, Ford, Leonard Fournette is still sitting out there.
4: Yeah, Ezekiel Ellie. It's it's weird. Lally, like, yep. yeah, the um, like Dalvin Cook is like sitting there watching Jets practice, but he's not signed with the Jets. It's very strange. You know what's going on here. So there's all of those things th- that are sort of like floating around, and you just wonder like. Is it worth it for these organizations to get their pound of flesh? like you know if you could just be a, in my opinion, like a li- like give these guys a little bit more of a couple breadcrumbs and maybe it doesn't turn into this. yeah you know, Austin Eckler wanted out. I, I, yeah you know, the, the chargers you know, gave him some uh, you know achievable incentive clauses yeah so he could get a little bit more money. But it's like these teams aren't budging; like they're standing really hard and firm on these running back contracts. They really are. I mean, the way it's being handled by Ursay and some others is is an extreme. But look, the Eagles have four running backs who are making seven million dollars yeah. total, total. And,
5: and you have you have. Meanwhile, all the running backs are sitting there watching everybody else get paid. Look at all the big money contracts that have come come to uh, to, to the forefront this summer. From quarterbacks, obviously, D tackles, d ends safeties, cornerbacks, wide receivers, but yet the running back. When was the last time we talked about a running back getting big money?
4: Think about it. I mean. Yeah, it, it, it was it was McCaffrey or or Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Or, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, like we keep talking about, the guy who really made out well this off season is miles sanders miles yep. sanders got a deal he jumped on it right away and considering what's going on with these other backs he's being paid very well for his productivity over his career so and, props and to his him. Deal,
5: his deal is is a favorable deal i mean it's, it's a 22 million dollar deal but it's still a favorable deal it's not that big money that two of the guys we mentioned before the christian mccaffrey's derrick henry's got before so the numbers have come down even though de- even though out of all the running backs, Dalvin, um, Miles Sanders got the best deal so far this off season. Yeah, you know, compared to Kareem Hunt
4: uh, and guys like that, are you kidding me? Yep. Yeah, it's it's no doubt. I mean, you go far enough back, you know, McCaffrey's a few years ago now. Derrick Henry's a few years ago now. Yep. When you're talking about the last couple of years, Zeke was a few years ago. When you're talking about recently, it's definitely changed. Like, and I think each of those teams in hindsight regret, I don't, I can't say Tennessee did, but uh, you know, I think the, the, the Panthers and the Cowboys were both like, damn, we paid a lot of money. And unfortunately in in McCaffrey's case, he was getting injured a lot at the end in Carolina. Now he went on and had a nice finish in San Francisco last year and Zeke was just not the same guy. So there is definitely some buyer's remorse. And I think all the owners are kind of pouncing on it right now.
5: And and, and and understandably so. And, and I think Travis end of Jacksonville has said it best. Yep. You know, I, I understand what he said. Obviously, what he said is not going to weigh favorably with the other running backs who are out there possibly taking a stance. He talked about how running backs need to be more diversified. And I'm thinking, <clears throat> how much more diversified can running backs be? They're already blockers. They, they catch passes. They run the ball. Um, and a lot of them play on special teams. What else do you want them to be? I think the running back position is about in today's game is about as diversified as it can possibly be at this point. Yeah. And, I, and so where Travis Etienne is coming from, I have no idea. But I don't see how you can be more diversified now. Well, the thing is,
4: it, it like it, it's a. I understand what Etienne's saying, but it's it's sort of a weird. If you want to be sort of in unison with your your brethren. It's a weird thing to say right now. You know what I mean? It's like, also, if you're Saquon Barkley, who can catch the ball, who can run the ball, who's a good blocker, and you have to go through all this, what else is he supposed to do? Does he have to diversify his game? He got $11 million. They gave him a $900,000, not even, a yeah, about a $900,000 quote unquote raise, but he has to hit all of his incentives to get it. So what else do you want him to do? Are cornerbacks
5: and safeties asked to be more diversified? A wide receiver more diversified? No, they're asked to do their job description. So, a a, a running back's description is well defined in today's game. We see it across the board. We see how the Eagles use running backs, the Kansas City's use running back, the Green Bay's, the New Orleans, the Tampa Bay. We they're as diversified as you can possibly be. You know, so the fact that you're asking them to be a Jack of all trades more so than you are other positions from a running back's perspective, I understand why they're crying, crying foul. Now. Yeah. You can't be any more diversified than you have been in today's game.
4: Well, I, I think the, the other, the other thing that's tough for them is they realize it like, like anybody in the NFL, for sure, this applies to, it, but especially them, they have a really short shelf life and they're, their ability to earn, they maybe get that second contract, and then that's it. Generally, by thirty, there aren't. Think about it, how many effective running backs are there in the league that are thirty plus. I, I can't think of really any off the top of my head. So you you really really have to get it early if you can get it. You know, besides, and the problem too is if you're a later round draft pick, you're not getting a big contract. So that second one is everything to you. Yes. It's everything. And-
5: your second con your your big contract, your one and only big contract may come in your third or fourth year in a league. And oh, by the way, if you're a first round draft pick, it's the fifth year. Exactly. If the team decides to pick up an option, you know, so you you know, by the time you get that contract, you're 26, 27. And that's that that's the that's the stage you're in the prime time of your career. Mm-hmm. You know, look at offensive linemen. Look at how many big contracts Lane Johnson has gotten. Yep. Jason Kelsey has gotten in, in their late 20s, early 30s. Wide
2: mm-hmm.
5: receivers will get second big contracts. Quarterbacks, look, look at Darius Slays and the James Bradbury. Not over the top money, but they've gotten second good money contracts. The running back, if he's lucky, gets that one big contract, and that's it. And now the owners basically have colluded to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, I
4: agree. I agree. Um, all right. So we uh we will, because we didn't, we you and I were we were, were digging around and we realized. We didn't do all the teams yet uh, for the for our greatest series. We we got no, about no. at least another week's worth, so we'll. Uh, yeah, we we'll, got we'll, four or five left. Let, let's do it, man! You want you want to do the uh, the Cardinals, who are our our team today? You want to do them now? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Okay, all Yeah, right, let's do it I'll now. Do. All right, interesting because this is a team that you know goes back to the St. Louis days, you know, from back in the day, uh, and then of course made the move to uh, to Arizona with the uh, the Bidwells. So uh, you get first crack in this one, d You Yeah, the
5: funny thing about this Cardinals organization, you talk about the Gypsies of the NFL. They went from Chicago to St. Louis to Arizona in their history. You know, it, it's, hard, it's hard to even fathom they used to be called the Chicago Cardinals. That's <laughs> amazing, know? isn't it? Is that something?
4: Yeah, it really but is.
5: When you talk about the history of the Cardinals, there's only one name that comes to mind first and forefront. It has to be Larry Fitzgerald. All day. Yep. That man spent all seventeen of his years as a receiver with the Cardinals organization. Do you know he had one thousand four hundred thirty-two receptions in his career? Only twenty-nine drops his entire career. Wow, twenty-nine drops. His his catch success ratio ninety-seven point nine percent. Oh my god, that's unbelievable. Receiver. That's unbelievable. 97.9% <laughs> catch. Oh, God.
4: 29 drops and 1,400-plus catches. That's it? It's incredible. That's incredible. I mean, he – and Derek, he missed one game over 17 years. That,
5: that's ridiculous.
4: That's absolutely ridiculous. And, and, you know, the amount of shots that he took, uh, He 256 straight games with a catch. Yes. He, he was the model of yes. consistency,
5: this yes. guy. He's had a chance to play in nine playoff games. Yeah. And unfortunately, if there's anybody, if you're not a fan of the team, if there's any individual you would root for to win a trophy, it would be I, Larry Fitzgerald.
4: I, 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 man, I wanted him so badly. And what was it? The uh, against Pittsburgh. Steelers Super Bowl. I wanted yeah. him so badly to get it. I really did. And he played great in that yes, game. Yes, he so. did.
5: Yeah. Yeah. He scored the touchdown and gave them the lead. And all of a sudden, Steelers walked down the field, get the same because it's the game winning touchdown yep. in a great Super Bowl, I might add. Yeah. In the nine playoff appearances. He had 57 catches, 900 plus yards, and I believe it was 10 touchdowns. You know, phenomenal for his career. Unfortunately, he never got to hoist that ring. Right now, he sits his, his total catches and his overall receiving yards. Our only second
4: in the National Football League to the GOAT of receivers, Jerry Rice. Yeah, incredible. Really incredible numbers, that's for sure. 1,040, 432 catches. Just just a machine. He was a machine. All right, uh, number two here, uh, I got to go Larry Wilson. Larry Wilson was a safety, Derek. Five All-Pros, eight Pro Bowls, Hall of Fame, Defensive Player of the Year. This guy had 52 interceptions for a career. He had 10 in one season. That is, that's a lot of picks, man. And and he could do, he could do it all. He could hit you. He was a ball Hawk. He was, he was kind of ahead of his time at the safety position in a lot of ways for, for a guy who played during that, that, that era, but a great, great player nonetheless. So I'll go Larry Wilson. Uh,
5: Great choice. Matter of fact, uh, once, once the Cardinals knew what they had in him, he's the one that kind of invented the safety blitz. Yep, you know, to, to put pressure on quarterbacks. You know, he he spent 13 seasons on the field, but to show you how highly respected he was by the Cardinals organization, he spent 30 years in their front office. Yeah, so he spent 13 years in the field, and another 30 in the Cardinals front office. 43 years with the, with one organization. That that's that's respect at its finest. You know, 52 interceptions, eight over 800 yards returned uh, on the interceptions. Um, he was a defensive player of the year in 1966, you know, um, he wasn't the fastest guy out there, but definitely one of the smartest ever played a position and kind of revolutionized
4: the safety blitz. Yeah. No question about it. All right. That's a good one. All right. Who else do you have?
5: Uh, I gotta go. If you are going to stay in the DBs, I gotta go Aeneas Williams. Yes. Aeneas Williams was a phenomenal talent. Could run, could hit, could do everything you could ask of him, um, You know, he played in all 160 games
4: of his 10-year career. I didn't know that. I didn't know he played every game. That's awesome.
5: In all 160 games? Are you kidding me? Um, uh, The thing I loved about him most was his heads-up play. You know, he was fearless, tenacious, um, great tackler. Um, And and for for a guy in his position, he was pretty fast. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I had to put him on a list because um, he's also tied for the longest – Fumble return for a touchdown, 140 yards. Jeez, you know. So, you know, he was one of the great, great Cardinals of that era. No question about it.
4: That's a good one. That's a good choice. Uh, Dan Deardorff, Um, You're talking uh, about an offensive lineman who, you know, I know a lot of us knew him later uh, as a broadcaster, but um, he was a phenomenal offensive lineman. There, three-time All-Pro, six Pro Bowls. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame played a very long time there he was a staple for the during the st Louis years he was prior to them moving to uh to phoenix but he was a he was a hell of an offensive lineman Played with an edge uh big dude um he was he was really really good so i'll go I'll go Deerdorf there
5: Hall of, Hall of Fame career for three consecutive years he was the offensive lineman of the year that should tell you exactly mm-hmm. uh, what he meant from 74 to 76 1978 and from 80 to 82. He never missed a game. That's all you need to know about him. Between
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
5: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 74-76. Cardinals made two playoff appearances. They won at least 10 games in three consecutive years. Mm-hmm. The offensive line, led by Dan Dierdorf, was one of the main reasons why that team was so good for that short stretch of time. No question. Yeah. No question about it.
4: All right. Who else do you have?
5: I would have to say my second favorite player of all time behind Larry Fitzgerald had to be Conrad Dobler. <laughs> here,
4: here is example A of could not survive in today's game, but during that era was as as feared as anybody who ever played. He would get into people's heads before they even played a game. He's, he was considered such a
5: dirty player hmm. and took pride in the fact of his dirty play. Oh, He always felt that was his psychological advantage when he stepped in the trenches. He had players thinking, what do I have to do to protect myself against this guy? <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's a shame that the dirty player moniker overshadows his career. One of the finest offensive linemen ever played a game. Tough, stout, um, didn't give up many sacks in his career, a driving force in a running game, but he had that nasty edge about him a lot of guys just hated lining up against him because – of of the reputation he built for playing a little bit beyond
4: the whistle being blown. Yeah, he was the classic head slap guy. He would do all those kind of things. He he was he was nasty, man. That's for sure. Look, I know his best years were probably the Rams, but Kurt Warner made one of the all-time comebacks as a Cardinal. I mean, you think about it, he there he looked done with the Giants. Remember those years? In- Absolutely you know, I thought his career was over. He ended up getting benched for Eli and I I thought he was going to finish up the rest of his career just as a backup. And that's where he went. He went to Arizona is basically a backup. He was behind Leinart. If you remember, that's how long ago this was. Um, But he ends up got the magic back. One of the things he talked about that helped him was he healed. It helped him heal. Like he he had a bad hand. He had a bunch of stuff that was going on and not playing a ton, let his body heal. And then he, Man, he came back strong and leading them to that Super Bowl, and it wasn't his fault. Unfortunately, they just couldn't stop Pittsburgh in some big moments. But that was that was a heck of an effort by him in that Super Bowl. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give Kurt Warner a little little Cardinal love here, even though he's more of a Ram.
5: Man goes from bagging groceries to the USFL to I mean, I'm sorry to the Arena Football League to a pro Bowl, a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, you can't, you can't write a better script, man. You just cannot write a better script than what he did.
4: You're right about that, and you know, got vaulted him into the Hall of Fame.
5: You know, really I'm gonna did. go. I'm gonna go old, old, old school on this one. All right, Char- Charlie Trippy. Yes. When you talk about a diversified player, you know he was drafted by the Cardinals in '47. He helped the Cardinals win the championship in '47 as a rookie. But I pulled up his stats. When you're talking about a passer, a runner, a catcher. A defensive player and a punter, dude. Did he signed for an unprecedented one hundred thousand dollar contract back then? Now think about this. This is that's a lot of money back then. A hundred thousand because the Cardinals identified what he could do for this team. When he retired, the dude had thirty five hundred rushing yards, twenty five hundred forty seven passing yards, thirteen hundred twenty one receiving yards, sixteen TD passes, eleven TD receptions. And twenty-three rushing scores, plus he punted as well. That's a football player. (laughs) That's a one-man show. Yeah, you know. So this dude, I not really know much about him until I started reading up on the history of the Cardinals. What an incredible talent! You think about what a hundred thousand dollars worth? That's worth about a ten million dollar contract in today's football. Big
4: time, big time. Oh God, it is. You're right. He'd be the highest guy, highest paid player, maybe in the game. Oh my goodness! in, In this day and age. That's a good one. You know one of the things I like about doing this is you know, I, I do I consider myself a a, a a big fan of the history of the game. Sure, but do I know all every player? No, I don't. I'll tell you a guy I learned about today Derek that I didn't know much about and I probably should have known more about. Yep. Roger Worley was yep. a guy I don't I didn't yep. know much about. He, he was Roger Stallback called him and he he coined the term shutdown corner. Yes. Uh three-time all-pro seven-time Pro bowler played corner for the Cardinals it, it's a pretty cool story he was a hometown like hero he he went to Missouri he grew up in Missouri you, you know he was you know, St Louis plays for plays in St Louis but I didn't realize this guy played as long as he did as effective as he did I I honestly didn't didn't wasn't familiar with him so the, he played Roger Yeah,
5: Ward, I, he, I remember him he played all 14 of his seasons with the Cardinals only missed six games in 14 seasons you
4: know yeah these guys all the need to
5: know about him um, yeah. He didn't get inducted into the Hall of Fame until 2007. Took you know, people were screaming, "Why is this guy not in the Hall of Fame?" Decision makers finally realized what he contributed to the game of football and finally got him in. But you're right; he was one. Of, he was a fine cornerback in his day.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Who else do you have?
5: I got to go, Ali Matson. Yes, Ali uh, Matson. Ali Matson. First of all, is only one of three players in the history of the NFL to win um, a, a, an Olympic medal. And to play in a National Football League, uh, he won a silver medal in a four by four hundred uh, meter relay and a bronze medal in a four hundred meter run back in the nineteen fifty two Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you look at his career: rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, receiving. This, this dude could do it all, man. Oh yeah, I mean, gee, six time Pro Bowler, five. I mean, six time All Pro, five time Pro Bowler. His all-purpose yards are almost thirteen thousand all-purpose yards in
4: his career. Yeah, She's yeah. great. Yeah, another one. Just, just the football player. I, I had to put him in here, Derek. I can't let this nickname go. Night train lane, Dick <laughs> Night train, lane. Dick anybody train named, lane. Anybody named anybody named Night train. Night train could bring it. You know, in terms of like taking a guy's head off, which you could do back then but he was also a ball hawk. He could do it all. And he's another one of these guys who was just like a, a diverse football player. And you had to be back then. You yep. had to play multiple positions, do a lot of different things. It wasn't as specialized as it is that this day and age. But Night Train Lane, phenomenal, just a phenomenal player. So I, I'd had to work him in there.
5: One more I had to add in there was the tight end Jackie Smith, who was drafted by the Cardinals. Yep. He was drafted in the 10th round mm-hmm. back in 1963. Nobody thought he would, would make make the team even and yet he parlayed that into a Hall of Fame career. When he retired as a player, he retired as having the most receiving yards ever among uh, tight ends in the National Football League, and he played from 1963 to 67. I mean, sorry, 1977. Right. Sure-handed pass catcher, not a fast guy, tough as nails, though, you know. Hmm. He was kind of like an old-school George Kittle type tight
2: end. Yeah,
5: You know, dudes trying to hit him, he bounced right off of him, you know. He didn't rack up, you know, gargantuan numbers, but they were big numbers for his day, back 480 receptions. You look at the receiver, the the tight ends of the day, like the Tony Gonzalez's and guys like that, Shannon Sharps, and you look at their numbers compared to him, there's no comparison. But back in his day, when, again, uh, throwing the football wasn't as prominent as it is now,
4: um, his numbers were phenomenal for that era. I think – I agree with you. I, I, the shame of it for him is he ends his career with the Cowboys. Yeah. And yeah. he drops a sure touchdown pass in the end zone that may have won them the Super Bowl against yeah. the Steelers. And there's yeah. the famous Vern Lundquist call saying, God bless his heart. He must be the sickest man in America right now or something yeah. like that. That's a tough, I think that was his very last game. Oof, that's rough. That's a rough way to go out. But hey, look, them's the breaks. He still had a great career. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, so that's good. Yeah. Cardinals were good. Uh, we still, like I said, we got a bunch more that we will, uh, will do, uh, throughout the rest of the week. So I'm excited that we have that still. All right. We'll sneak in some fills when we get back, man, the NFL segment at two o'clock is locked and loaded with a lot of stuff. Aaron Rodgers coming out, firing, you know, for his guy Nathaniel Hackett and a bunch of bunch of other stuff that we are, we are going to dig into and what's up fitness rebel. There she is. She's checking in it's a little bit later. That's okay. We're, we're, we're glad to see her as always. So we'll get a time out. We'll come back and uh, we'll talk some bills. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We are sports take Jacob sports, YouTube network. Let's talk about pro action restoration, pro action restoration. They are the place that you turn to if a home, a business or a property that you own go through the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist you. I can tell you that from personal experience Because I reached out to them on a Saturday and they got right over to my parents' house. They had a a flooded basement. It was a mess. They came over. They cleaned it up. The crew was professional. Clean. The price was right. It was, uh, man, it was a big relief. That's for sure. They are licensed, bonded, and fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro-action restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So, again, it could be water. It could be fire. It could be smoke damage, mold remediation. You name it. They can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com.
2: Hi everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi.
4: I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
3: Eagles, Eagles.
4: We're back. Hi, that's Derek. I'm Rob. We are hanging out. (laughs) Trying to eat as fast as I can. Oh my God! Um, Choke yourself. Gee whiz! All right, I'm good. All right. uh, So I, I had to build up my stamina. To, okay. to talk, talk Phillies. Um, yesterday was a colossal disgrace. It really well, I thought was. you are going to say something else. <laughs> no, I could say other things. I'm going to keep it clean. Yeah, there are other words that could be used for sure. Um, honest to God, Derek, it was the kind of game that you say to yourself, like you shouldn't even be seeing this in Little League. Like, like, like So l- let's just walk through it. So Rob Thompson makes the decision not to start Bryson Stott. Bryson Stott was going into the game fourth in the National League in average, fifth in hits, yep. and hitting three ten against left-handers. And the, the Phillies were facing a left-hander yesterday. And on top of that, he's 25 years old. But he needed to get him a day off, In according to Rob Thompson. So you, you had no Stott in the lineup. And I get it, Real Muto needs days off. I'm not ripping him for for sitting Real Muto, but you had Real Muto out, and you you had Josh Harrison in there. Josh Harrison, in my opinion, Derek, will not be a Philly after the after the trade deadline. He'll either be traded or DFA'd.
5: Ooh, you
4: heard it first, Rob's so, put it out there. I, and I don't I don't understand how a 25 year old needs a day off. I don't understand that. I
5: don't get. Well, again, you play 162 games. You do need a break. I will say that, you know, strategically, though, you got to be a little bit better strategic, especially when day in and day out you're doing your homework on who you're up against, whether it's a pitcher, whether it's a bad pitcher. Okay. You know, he's, he's susceptible to the breaking pitches, low and away, lowing inside. He'll go fishing on a high fastball, you know, from, from a hitter standpoint, Hey, this guy doesn't do the dude. Is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The guy started for the Pirates yesterday. Wasn't he 43 years old?
4: And yeah, he's he's he is 43. That's correct. His fastball
5: was 89 miles an hour. Yes. How did you not tattoo
4: this dude right from the jump? Well, yeah, I, I I I don't know either. Um, And then so as the game goes on, although he wasn't, I would say like lights out sharp he was sharp and I only hit a couple guys and one, he didn't even hit the guy. I don't, I don't know if I think it missed his foot, but Christopher Sanchez, since he's gotten up here has been excellent since he came back up. He's been excellent. Yep. So he goes through five innings and, and he doesn't come out the next inning. You're saying what's going on. He hasn't even allowed a hit. Like what's up. What is this? So we come to find out after the game that he wasn't feeling well, but you know, Thompson in one breath says he had a stomach issue now, now, Sanchez also said it, but he said he also could have gone maybe 15 more pitches and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right. He comes out. Sir Anthony, who's been a mess, comes in. And t- literally two batters later, it's a 2-2 game after Boom. the home run allowed. You're Boom. like, what the? like Whiplash. What just happened, right? So it's 2-2 <laughs> at that point. So all of a sudden, Stott's not in the lineup. Sanchez is being pulled. You're like, what is happening here? So then... Fast forward here to the seventh, Derek, and there's a pop. Phillies are up at, at this point. It's 4-2. Oh, my, oh my goodness. There's a pop-up in the infield, and Sosa's playing third, and because Boehm's on first. Sosa's playing third. Trey Turner. Both guys are converging. They're both calling it. Whenever there's anything in doubt in the infield, the shortstop takes over shortstop has the, the final call. Yeah. Just like a center fielder does in the outfield. Okay. Yep. So instead of, of being the man and taking this thing over Turner and, and so go into one another, it hits Turner's glove and it bounces to the ground. Unbelievable. Like it's, that is little league stuff. Okay. <laughs> the very next batter hits one to center. And Rojas can't handle, the, handle it on the ground. He, he boots it. Run scores, it's 4-3. Like, this has been an issue all year. The only thing we hadn't seen up until that point was horrendous base running. Ah. But well, you're yeah. Gonna... well,
5: yeah, for that
4: day. Yeah, okay. Yeah, not, right. not yet that day. So, fast forward now to the 10th. You have Harper on second as the ghost runner. Yeah. And... Bohm gets on on an infield hit, but then there's an error by the first base that allows him to advance. Yep. And you're saying to yourself, no outs, second and third.
5: Wait, wait, wasn't it? Yeah, second and third. You're right. Second and getting, third, no outs. You're yep. getting two runs here. Philly's getting to two at runs. At least two runs. Right. Here's what I will say about this Phillies team, Rob. Okay. Whenever they go to extra innings, and they always start with that man on second base, yep. you nine times out of field, ten you feel good that they're going to produce because they have done that this year. Uh-huh. That's one of the few things they've done consistently is with the extra man
4: on base and extra innings. Yeah,
5: not but this oh time. My no, friend.
4: no. Okay, so no outs, top of the tenth, runners second and third. Trey Turner actually looked like he was going to do something to contribute to the team. He hits, <laughs> <laughs> he hits a fly ball to right. That's like, would you say medium range, medium to deeper? I, I would say on the fly ball, like, definitely not I'd shallow. i say yeah. I'd say medium range. Yeah. Okay, so. The, the guy playing right for the Pirates, his name is Henry Davis. Henry Davis was the first overall pick who is a guy who catches and plays the outfield. Yep. He does have a cannon for an arm. The guy's yep. got a cannon, okay? So he catches it. Harper, who's Mr. Aggressive on the base paths, begins to tag. And you're like, all right, he's going. Here we go. Stops midway through. I guess the draw throw, or maybe because he saw that, that Davis was you know had a good arm, whatever. He goes back to first or third. Here's the problem. Bohm thinking Harper's Mr. Aggressive. He's going. I'm going to third. Doesn't look up at his third base coach, Dusty Wathan. He just has his head down. Again, little league stuff. Chugging
5: along. All of
4: a sudden, he realizes Harper's standing there on third base and it's chaos. So then the rundown starts at, at second. And then Harper's like, uh oh, he's coming. I gotta go. Harper takes off for home and gets doubled up. So all of a sudden there's two outs in the (laughs) blink of an eye and they have no runs and, 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 uh, still on second base. (sighs) Oh, so Phillies get no runs. And then here's the, here's the ultimate kicker. Palacios comes up in the bottom of the 10th as the first batter. He's trying to bunt. Yep. Andrew Vasquez is thrown through two inside. He couldn't bunt because the pitches were so bad. The next pitch, he hits out, and it's it. The game's <laughs> over. You and, and by the way,
5: wait, the add insult to injury. That was only his second home run of the yeah. year. And it was his birthday. So he had, he had, had a hell of a day. Yeah, he had a hell of a day. And, but, and like, not, hey, not only that, did yeah. you see how he danced around the bases? Oh yeah. The 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 dance they Won show the World Series. Won, yeah. The dance show he put on around the bases. And when he got to home, it took him forever to get to home. You talk about putting yeah. salt in a
4: wound. Yeah. I don't blame the Pirates. That's on the Phillies. I couldn't. I was, a, I had to do a talk show and I, I was at a loss for words. I honest to God, Derek, like they, we, we've done this a few times. You and I have sat here and said, that's definitely their worst loss of the year. Like we've said it. I'm sorry. That was the worst loss of the year. Would you agree? We have not seen anything worse than that. Nope. That, that was, uh, that was the finest of the finest losses.
5: This team always produces in extra innings. And I'm thinking, there's no way one of the worst teams in baseball is going to be able to, to hold this team off once you get past the ninth inning. No way, no how. Yeah. And the Phillies played right into their hands. Everything they teach you not to do, every verbal communication, screw up. Every base running, screwed up. And that was the second day in a row that, that Harper – got nailed
4: trying yeah. to be a little over aggressive yeah I, I, there's a fine line between aggression and reckless and I I appreciate Harper he's always trying he's always pushing the pedal I get it I love that it's 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 all effort all the time but you got to be smart sometimes you got to be have discretion sometimes and he doesn't he loses sight of it Derek see if I was Harper I would
5: have gone back to
4: third because even if
5: Bone came, one of them is going to get tagged out but at least you would have had a man at third See. yep Yep. So I would have gone back to third, not not Bryce Harper, Mr. And I understand Bryce is frustrated, and you can tell by his body language. Whenever he gets a hit that drives in a run, whenever he scores, he's pumping the fist like it's a playoff game. And and I understand because Bryce Harper is like the rest of us. There's no way we thought this team would be this inconsistent this late into the season. And yet here they are struggling against the likes of a Pittsburgh team. Mm
4: -hmm. Rob, go back to the first game. You realize how close? They came to getting swept out of I, Pittsburgh. I know, I, I know, and this is a Pittsburgh team that really has been bad for a month and a half, two months, for they years. Off yeah, they've been bad, and I, you know, the other thing, Derek, is if if this was Gabe Kapler or Joe oh, Girardi, my. oh my goodness, with the lack of fundamentals on this team, we'd be killing them. We would be destroying both of those guys. You know, Ooh. we we you got to call it like it is. Thompson did an incredible job last year. Some of this is on him.
5: Yes. And Rob, I, I, the question that been, I've been pondering for days is how could it go from one extreme to the other with Thompson? Last year, he could do no wrong in terms of strategizing when to pull a guy, when to make a move in the lineup, when to bring in a, a, a substitute. It, now it's like every week we're questioning some of his moves. How could you, How could it possibly go from one extreme to the other? He's the same manager. Basically the same nucleus of players minus a few additions. Right. It's the same nucleus of players. You know these guys inside and out. How can it go
4: so bad from one year to the next? I uh, you know what? I don't know. Here's the thing. I know the players appreciate that he is the steady hand. Like he's he's never you know, he he's he's, he's there's something you can count on with that when you know consistently what your guy is going to be and he's always got their back. He's never going to rip you publicly, all that. That's all good. It's a very good thing in baseball. It really is because you have so many highs and lows. However, I wonder if he's not being taken advantage of a little bit by some of these guys. I do. Ooh. I wonder about Ooh. that. I don't look. I'm just putting it out there, Derek. I don't know that for sure, but I just I, it would it would it's something that concerns me because we've seen it on the base paths. We've seen like that not calling off a ball, and I get Turner's in his own head probably. That's, but that is basic fundamental stuff. And they're, they're struggling in the fundamentals in a big way. They just are. And, and I think that he's look again, I I appreciate the job that he did for them last year. I do, but you know, he hasn't done well enough and they haven't done well enough. This has been a group effort. Like this team should not be struggling the way that they have with the talent that they have.
5: Um. You know, it's interesting you use the words taking advantage of. Um, I think these guys are the consummate professionals. I think they want to win. I think they're so much similar to the Eagles. You know, we were a Cinderella story last year. Yep. We enhanced the product. We needed to add some, we needed to add a, some more popular the lineup. They did that in Trey Turner. We needed to add some more arms in the bullpen. They did that as well. The product on paper looks so much better, and yet it's so much worse. Uh, at this stage of a season than it was a year ago. Yep. Um, I don't know I don't know what has, has led to this in terms of it being so discombobulated like this. I really don't. Mm-hmm. You know, it it, it shouldn't be that way. And I don't think Rob Thompson is going to come out of who he is in terms of how he strategizes. I think we're going to have more discussions about some of the moves he makes or doesn't make.
4: Yeah. Dad says, I don't think Rob's making bad decisions. I think the players are are making bonehead plays and, and Rob and dad, that's you true. may very well be right. You know, it's at some point, coaches can only do so much and you know, players do have to have accountability for their actions. I just, I think it's a combination of things. I didn't like the lineup. I didn't like Stott being out of there. Um, I didn't look, if you really feel like your guy is ill, I get it. Okay. That's different. But if not, I hope that wasn't a hey the book saying get him out third time around in the batting order oh. you know kind of thing because that feels very Girardi ish, but there was just a lot of things that went on in that game yesterday that can't happen and and you know what, it's one thing Thompson after the game said hey you know a lot of things we got to clean it up and we will he's been doing the we will thing for a while now like right, what, right. we seeing
5: it I think it's a team rob that's pressing and the further we get into the season the more this pre- it's become an epidemic. Yeah, I mean, this team had 14 strikeouts. The battery for the Phillies had 14 strikeouts yesterday against an inferior pitching staff. True. 14 strikeouts. On Friday, they had 12 strikeouts. Yep, right on. That's 26 in two games for a power-hitting team like the Phillies? Yeah. There's no way against – Now, if you're saying, okay, they had that many strikeouts against Atlanta staff, Marlins staff, Dodgers staff, Brewers staff, you know, that's different. Those teams are loaded with pitchers. They're, okay, okay. But the Pirates are not a, a strong pitching team. No. And no. you had 26 and two games against them? And I think it's across the board. I think it's become an epidemic. You look at the frustration in their faces when they strike out. You look at how they walk back to the dugouts. And Now, let's now, now let's add this because we're, we're not going to make excuses. The home plate umpire strike zone yesterday oh. was ridiculous. Oh. And you can tell players are jaw jacking with them and like, what are you calling here? High balls, call strikes, balls outside and low were called strikes. There was no consistency at all. Yeah. But you still have players striking out on pitches they normally don't strike out on. This, we've been talking about this since June. Yes. They're still striking out on pitches low and away, pitches inside on their hands, or in some cases, they're standing there looking at a call, third strike coming right down the middle.
4: I agree. I agree, I agree with you hundred percent uh so they're in Miami tonight four games set here, Derek. this is critical, okay and this is like not speakers. yeah this is not hyperbole trying to make something up out of nothing I mean they're they're right there you know if you look at the wild card standings with, with the Phillies and and the and the Marlins one's fifty seven and forty nine one's fifty six and forty nine these are big games th- this starting tonight so. You know we're we're, we'll find out. We're going to find out a little bit more what this team's made of because now we're we're essentially into August, okay, and and it gets big. You got Walker tonight, then it's Suarez, then it's Wheeler, then it's Nola. That that you got your, you know, supposed big four there going in this series. And and Wheeler, by the way, has has really kind of looked like Wheeler again. So that's that's encouraging. Game Friday. Yep, yep. He did. He pitched well. All right, let's hit it. Let's come back. Uh, NFL. We will. We will certainly continue to talk about the Jonathan Taylor thing, but we're going to get into shots fired from Aaron Rodgers, uh, a bunch of other stuff that we will, we will cover. There's a lot of NFL stuff to discuss. We'll do it all when we come back. That's Derek gun. I'm Rob Ellis. We are sports take Jacob sports, YouTube network. Let's talk about Flynn tree services. Yes. Flynn tree services is an experienced licensed and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem, That you may face if you are if you are in the areas of southeastern PA, South Jersey and northern Delaware, that is uh, that is right in their wheelhouse. Uh, Keep in mind, too, you know, you want to make sure you get your trees evaluated if they're looking. Like you could have some issues with some branches coming down or some trees coming down. It's a great time to get them evaluated now before that happens. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flyntreeservices.com. That's flyntreeservices.com.
1: Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24/7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the
3: big
6: story on Action News.
1: Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
6: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
3: Go
2: first.
6: Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles we're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds.
7: The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered. But now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know
1: I was the Mommy Slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to writer, go to look. Mama. mama, go oh, Mama! She did
6: it. Again?
4: You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
7: Uh huh.
0: E-A-G-L-E-X.
3: Eagles.
4: What's up, everybody? Appreciate you hanging with us on this Monday. That's Derek. I'm Rob.
5: Did Hades. you get it all
4: out of your system? I, I'm good. I feel better now. You feel um, better uh,
5: now? Yeah. Thank you. It's therapeutic. You, you've had you you've had your dry Cheerios. I did. It, you, it helped. You, you've screamed to the high heavens about the ineptness of the Phillies. Yes. And so now you're back to where. The yeah. mild-mannered Rob Ellis
4: that I, I knew know and love, right? Thank you. I I I appreciate that. Yeah, give me a hug. All right. Um, th- this one with this. Do you see this? Pee Wee Herman died. Yeah, man. Paul Rubin, seventy years old. He, he had a private battle with cancer, uh, that he you know, obviously didn't make public, and uh, yeah, passes away. Man, that guy was. He was a force. Yeah, he had, he had quite a you know some controversy too. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, but. Man, turned that character into a pretty successful career, that's for sure.
5: It is amazing in some ways that here's a guy who had this weird voice, and I'm sure it was, you know, um, not his normal voice, but he became became such a cult following throughout his career. You know, Pee Wee -wee Herman's Playhouse or Big House, Mm -hmm. and then some of the movies that he made as well. Pee Wee Herman was a big fan favorite across America. Yeah. you know, for a lot of reasons, but you know what, you know, God bless them, you know, rest in peace, my, my brother.
4: And, yeah. you know, um, condolences to your family out there. Absolutely. Yeah. So pass that one, pass that one along. Uh, we'll do birthdays and movies a, a little bit later as well. All right. NFL. So, you know, as you would expect Derek, no, no big surprise here with this one. So Aaron Rodgers, um, who has a very close relationship with Nathaniel Hackett, they go back to the green Bay days uh, it, it, there was thought that Rodgers may end up in Denver when Hackett went there last year. It didn't, didn't happen, obviously. But uh, he was asked by Peter Schreger of the NFL Network about what uh, Peyton had to say. And he said this, quote, made me feel bad that someone who has accomplished a lot in this league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. He went on to say, I think it was a, I think it was way out of line, inappropriate. And I think he needs to keep my coach's name out of his mouth. Um, how about that? Uh, that was, and, I, and, and if you watched it, he, he does it in a pretty calm manner. And he also says beforehand, let me be really clear. I'm a huge fan of Paul Hackett, uh, as a coach, he's probably the favorite, my favorite coach that I've ever had, I'm uh, very close with his family. He's a great family man, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So he, he makes no bones about it that that's his guy. But I thought it was a pretty, you know, pretty interesting. And, and and the the part where he worked in, if you have to take a shot at somebody to make yourself feel better for the fall, if it doesn't go this well, this year was interesting. I thought. Yeah.
5: I don't think either party said anything that's not true. I mean, when you think about what Sean Payton said about Nathaniel Hackett, it was disjointed, you know, to the point where the, the Broncos organization identified it in a hurry and eliminated it. Um, there, there are things that are just you, you just don't say in the fraternity of the NFL. And I do think that maybe there's some truth to what Aaron Rodgers is saying. Yeah. And, and Sean Payton comes in as this highly decorated uh, head coach. He's got a team that's loaded with talent. If it doesn't, and he talks about how we've got to change the culture, so on and so forth we have to get rid of what was going on here a year ago if it doesn't he has a built in excuse well you know it's going to take a little bit longer than one season to get rid of you know certain elements and you know we're going to evaluate everything and we're going to get our kind of players in here both sides were telling truth but for the most part but Sean you don't fire that kind of shot across the bow in the fraternity of the NFL you know focus on what you need to do and not what your predecessor did
4: Yeah, like I think he was calculated in that I think the objective was I'm taking the heat off of Russell Wilson. There was a lot of bad things going on around Russell, and this wasn't necessarily
2: Russell's fault. I I,
4: I think that is what the intent was. The weird stuff was when he went into the whole Jets winning the offseason thing. It was kind of like – yeah, that was where it got a little weird for me. Like you said, there wasn't anything that he said that was – I mean, really, it was one of the worst – you know, one not even one in duns we've seen from a coach in yeah. Nathaniel Hackett. And there was a lot of chaos that went on. But I think that's what ticked off some people. And apparently, Peyton has reached out to at least uh, Robert Sala. Uh, yeah. And said that he was sorry. So, we'll see. Hey, look. Here's the thing. From a fan's perspective, Derek, if you love the game, you're just sitting back and kind of like, keep talking, man. Keep doing yeah. whatever you're doing yeah. because guess what? These two play each other. Yeah. Come week five. Yep. That game is at Denver, week five, four twenty-five, and, and that thing just vaulted to the to the top of the list that day
5: yep. <laughs> for games. Because Dude, you it's know it's, awesome. gonna be, it's gonna be brought yeah. back up the Will week up. of that game. Yep. There's no question. The media is gonna bring it up to both Aaron and Sean Payton. Let's see how they deflect it. I, I would imagine at that stage, not even based on record, but Aaron is going to be more verbose about it going into that game. Sean Payton will try to deflect it. Hey, that happened in the summer. I'm not talking about that now. Yeah. I'm only talking about uh, focusing and playing the New York Jets. Yeah, that that's exactly how I see this scenario of playing itself out. But it will be a topic that will be tr- that will try to be probed once again, come week five prior to that matchup out in
4: Denver. Amen. Amen. All right. Really, no definitive update here on Joe Burrow. We know it's a calf. Uh, The word is that this is not going to be something that keeps him out for week one when it gets real. Uh, My guess is they're going to be uber careful here with him really up until week one. Because uh, as I mentioned to you a little bit earlier, Derek, with injuries like calves, especially there's other ones, too. But there is a a high frequency of re-injuring yourself with this kind of injury. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they got to be really, really careful here. So my guess is you won't be seeing him until, until break glass. And here we go. Let's prep for week one. That's the next time you're going to see him.
5: I mean the last the last two seasons, when it comes to the second best team in the AFC, it's been Cincinnati. Yeah, they went to a Super Bowl, lost a close game in the final seconds, and they came within a, a, a one bad play of possibly getting back to the Super Bowl again this past season. Yeah, You know, so Cincinnati's organization knows what Joe Burrow means to them. They they got to make sure and do everything in their power to make sure he's standing and re- ready to function at a high level come playoff time, especially if they meet uh, Cle- uh, Kansas City again mm-hmm. in a playoff scenario, Yeah, you know. So, uh, again, here's another injury. Overly cautious with it because you really don't need him. He, kn- he knows the offense. The coaching staff's in tech. Yeah, He knows the offense inside and out has had a great measure of success with that offense, especially with those weapons that he has at his disposal. Don't push him. Let it, let it come back when he's ready to
4: come back. All right. Let's go to the injury ward here. Then beyond that, Um, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but Zach Moss, who has been filling in for Jonathan Taylor broke his arm and he's out roughly four to six weeks. Mm. Not not a definitive timeline. Um, They're thin. You remember they had Naeem Naim Hines yep. as well. Yep, uh, he's not obviously not there anymore. He got hurt himself in a really weird, you know, accident or whatever. Um, but they're thin. You know, they're down to to third year backup Dion Jackson and rookie Evan Hull. That's it at running back. I mean, I gotta think that one of these guys who is established that's out of work, they gotta swoop up one of these guys, don't they? I mean, I, I would think so, but how much are you willing to pay them? See,
5: that's the thing. Yeah. You know, how much are these guys asking? And and I would imagine as the season gets closer, um, the the demand the, the the lessens. But now this team is in more of a desperate situation than the, the football players sitting out there. So you may have to pay a little bit more. Even if you're only renting them for a year, you may have to pay a little bit more than you want to. But it's imperative if that is the case you get whoever that body may be into camp sooner rather than later so that they can get adjusted to the concepts you're running with your team.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, again, that's one to keep your eye on. Because out there right now, you have uh, Kareem Hunt, right? He's still out there. You have Ezekiel Elliott. You have Leonard Fournette. You have Dalvin Cook, among others. I mean, they're just kind of the headliners there that are sort of floating around here.
5: Oh, there's there's no question about
4: it. I'm 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 most curious
5: to see which one of these backs is the first one to bite and sign with somebody, because it's going to be a domino effect after that. You know, yeah. I think you're all waiting to see who gets what on the open market, to be honest. And then after that, they're going to say, you know what? If he got that, I might as well just go in. Whoever's offering me what, you know, call my agent. Hey, look, if that's all he's getting, yeah, especially because he's been productive in this league. Hey,
4: man, look, just give me what you can. We'll regroup and, and revisit this thing at the conclusion of this season. So it feels like right now it's like a two-horse race when it comes to Dalvin Cook, right? It's the Jets and Miami. At least that's the way it feels. We know Ezekiel Elliott visited the Patriots over the weekend. Yep. Have Correct me if I'm wrong. Have we heard him visiting anywhere else? Zeke? No. Nope. That was so it. It, maybe Cook has a little bit of leverage if he plays those two teams yeah. off of one another. Do you have a lot of leverage, barring injuries? I mean, maybe this—the injury and the stuff that's going on in Indy helps these guys too. But it doesn't feel like Zeke or or Hunt or Fournette have a lot of options right now.
5: No, no, it doesn't. You know, and which, which again, when you when you consider the caliber of these backs, how does how do most teams not make room for a guy like that? Yeah, for Kareem Hunt, you know, for some, how do you not have room? You've seen what he can do. You've seen his body of work. Yeah, I don't know how you don't have room for him, yeah. to be honest. I mean, there's very few teams that are set like the Eagles, like the Packers, that are set. Hey, I, I'd even look at Kareem Hunt down in Dallas. I'd hate to see that. Right. But Could yeah. you imagine Kareem Hunt with Tony Pollard as a one-two punch in that backfield? No doubt. Oh, my, my goodness. Yeah.
4: No, I hear you. Uh, all right. Beyond that, we mentioned it, um, you know, a, l- a little bit earlier, um, just, just kind of kicking around a couple of things, but the, the Jonathan Taylor thing is obviously a, 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 at the forefront of what a lot of people are talking about. Uh, other injuries. Uh, Kenneth Walker, the running back from the Seahawks, is dealing with a groin injury, so they've shut him down. They don't they don't think it's long-term. The, the kid I really like coming out of UCLA, Zach Charbonneau, yeah. uh, who they got a little bit later in the draft, is taking the bulk of the carry, so... I, I think he'll be fine as a backup. I, I like their uh, their setup they have in Seattle there. I, I couldn't
5: agree with you more. Um, and if there's one place to go where, where running backs
4: flourish, it's Seattle. Right. Yeah, great point. Great point. All right, so uh, Anthony Richardson's up to 255. 255 pounds. That's big that's <laughs> for a quarterback, man. Uh, it's 10 more than he weighed at the combine, but they, the Colts don't feel like he's lost any agility or speed. He's, he's just strong. He's a strong kid. Um, and he's looked good so far they're they're very pleased with the way that he's played he had to have a nasal procedure and he's out for you yep. know, a couple of days but they they feel really good about where he's at right now
5: how can you be as fluid as you want to be as a quarterback exactly dad said it i said it earlier in the day jamarcus russell 2.0 oh boy how can you be that big and be as fluid as you need to be in today's <laughs> uh, and, and play the, the the game as today's style of quarterback plays it Allen's I mean, big. Well, yeah. Um, but 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 here Richardson ran like a 4-4 four, four at the combine at 244. Right. You're telling me an extra 11 pounds is not affecting his mobility? But you're right. All we hear w- with reports coming out of Indy is, you know, he looks great. Strong arm. You know, better than we thought. Things like that. But you're lumbering 255 pounds around as,
4: as a quarterback in the National Football League? Yeah. I don't know about that one, man. Yeah, it's it, like, I just by comparison, Allen's 6'5, 237. So he's 18 pounds lighter, you know, for what it's worth. So, yeah. He, and he looks like a linebacker running around back there. I can only imagine what Richardson's going to oh, be looking absolutely. like. <laughs> Big dude. Can you, uh,
5: can you imagine if Richardson turns a corner and tucks the ball and runs and you're a cornerback trying to come up and, and, and tackle him?
4: Business. That's a decision. business decision. Yeah, yeah. buddy. Correct. I don't know that a lot of corners are going to want to square him up. They might be just trying to cut his legs out if that's the case.
5: But I, I will say this, though. I am I am so looking forward to seeing what Richardson looks like in the Shane Steichen
4: offense. Yeah. Yeah. He's in no. a good spot with Shane Steichen. I don't know who he's her- handing the ball off to, but, you know, yeah. well, uh, we'll see. We'll keep our eye on that one. Uh, I know you caught this one. Le'Veon Bell was on with Rob Motti of the Associate Pressure. We had Rob on a couple weeks ago. He does a yeah. great job covering the NFL. Uh had some pretty interesting words to say, huh? Regarding Daniel Jones and and Saquon's situation. (laughs) Well,
5: um, he came out and basically said that Daniel Jones was not even an average quarterback, yet you paid you what what you paid him. And you look at what Saquon is, not just to the Giants, but in terms of his status around the league and how do I understand it's a running back protecting a running back, but he does have some validity to it. You know, we talk about Daniel Jones had his finest season as a pro pro quarterback in terms of protecting the ball, be productive, but are you putting Daniel Jones in the same category as a Saquon Barkley? No. Absolutely not. We all know the offense runs through Saquon, but yet you gave Daniel Jones that big contract to make him one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the game, and you totally just put Saquon Barkley in the back burner? Here's another situation that could come back and bite you in the butt when this season is all said and done in terms of either you having to use the franchise tag on them or paying them, paying them what the average of the top tier backs are in the national football league.
4: Yeah. Yep. It's a uh, been a weird summer uh, and off season in general for them. That's for sure. Mm. Uh, also, I, I like this. This was candor, you know, and, and a guy being really self uh, effacing and, and self-critical. Mm-hmm. Kayvon Thibodeau, who was the first round pick of the giants last year. And, he got hurt, and he, he didn't you know, he didn't have the impact that they had hoped he was going to have last year. I, I'm not writing him off by any stretch. I still think the guy's an unbelievable talent. But he said when he looks back at the film from last year of his performance, he said he feels kind of disgusted. That's, uh, that's pretty strong words.
5: Well, uh, uh, it's good to hear because if you remember, go back to last season. I, I, I can't remember if it was a preseason game or the first regular season game when uh, somebody, uh, an opposing player coming down the line cut him at the knees and, and lo- it lost him for an uh, extended period of time with yeah. uh, knee issues. Uh, and he understands, you know, a player knows what he's capable of doing or what he wants to do. And I would agree with him. When he looked at the tape, that was not the players we expected to see coming out of college. So, he, again, here's a guy who's got focus, uh, has purpose and, and a reason to, to being better than he was this past season um i think he's a great talent yeah uh, I, I do and, and and i'm looking forward to seeing him coming off the edge in certain games hopefully not the eagles but you know what i mean
4: i agree yeah. i agree uh yeah as long as those two games are or if it's a playoff game three in that case he doesn't do anything all oh, good do whatever you got to do uh vikings and danielle hunter come to a, a deal one year 20 million guaranteed um Derek, did this just get to the point where you can't let every every guy on defense walk? I mean, and they they bring him back because it looked like he was – that was headed south. But they they reeled it in at least for one more year.
5: I kind of wonder now how much of that rumor out there for the last couple of weeks that he was on the trading blocks was true. Right. Um, I wonder if the Vikings went into this whole scenario. Let's see what we can get for him first. But if not, we know we're going to have to pay him. He hmm. goes, how does it go from being such a strained relationship to where Danielle wants to out of there – vikings are trying to move him all of a sudden he gets a one-year extension for what 20 million 17 yeah are you serious you know they're trying to get rid of the guy according to what all the reports were saying
4: mm-hmm. all of a sudden you give him a hefty raise like that yeah I-, I haven't quite understood their approach other than signing flores which i think was a good move i, I don't understand what their approach has been in general i don't either on, on that side of the ball i i I don't know. I mean you're asking cousins in that offense every week to really put up a lot of points.
5: I think even with all the deletions in Minnesota, I think Brian Flores is the perfect guy to come in there and and rebuild, retool and get these and get his type of defense to, re, to refocus. You know, Brian Flores can coordinate my defense any day of the week. Right. You know, when you look at the success he's had as a defensive coordinator, maybe that's what the Vikings wanted to do. Just get younger and cheaper on defense because they felt they had players athletic enough to play with Flores is going, going to run. Right. We're going to find out, you know, because it's shocking when you've had that kind of success, the Vikings have had the last couple of years. And all of a sudden you let these guys just walk. Right.
4: Kind of shocking. It is. It is. And they added some guys, you know, they they took Jordan Addison in the first round and that's, to, to plug in for Thielen, but then, then they went corner, then they went safety, then they went nose tackle, you know, with the next three picks. So they're trying to do it through youth, but you know, those guys better be ready to come in and play. Absolutely. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Beyond that, um, (laughs) this sort of has like a a Darius Slay and Matt Patricia feel to it a little bit. So the dolphins shorted at at defensive back because of the Jalen Ramsey injury. They signed Eli Apple. Normally you'd just be like, all right, whatever. There's a long history with Eli Apple and Tyreek Hill. Not big fans of each other. Um, a lot of trash talk, a lot of physicality on the field. These two have gone at it. So they they did reach out to Tyreek Hill in advance, and he you know, he was on board. But could make for some interesting practices between these two, for sure.
5: I would say iron sharp as iron. Yeah. Um, if nothing else. Tyreek can make Eli a better player. I don't know how much better um, Eli can make Tyreek because Tyreek's at the top of his game right now. But, you know, again, these guys want to win, uh, and I'm sure I'm sure they're going to get it in each other's faces uh, during training camp. But when it, when you hit the ground running for real, it's, everybody, it's rally around the cause, and the cause down in Miami is we want to make some noise in the AFC, especially in this division. In order to do that, we have to have everybody on page. Tyreek Hill is secure in who he is and what he does. Yeah, He's probably the most uncoverable receiver in the game today. Yep. No question about it. Um, Tyreek basically helps give them that, that, that stable veteran pra- uh, presence on the back end while Ramsey's out. And, of course, when Ramsey comes back and Eli's there, should know the system fully by the time Ramsey comes back Mm-hmm. That can make the uh, Dolphins' uh, back end of their defense that much better. But in terms of is it okay if we bring this guy in as a professional, you line up and play with and against whoever the organization has structured you for, uh, for situations like that. Put personal differences aside, and let's see how far we can take this thing.
4: Absolutely. All right, so – I finished up the uh, the quarterback documentary over the weekend. I thought it was like, – like we yeah. talked about it a little bit. I thought it was really well done in general. I, I enjoyed it like fully. Um, we have another quarterback who's turned down this upcoming season's version of it. So, Derek, the total – tell me if I'm missing in anybody here. Lamar Jackson's the latest, right? So, we know yep. Lamar, Tua, Hurts, Dak, Sam Howell. Stafford, why do I feel like I'm missing one? Is that, that
5: it? I think that that covers it. Yeah, Two,
4: three. So that's six that we know of at least that, that have turned it down. I mean, if you don't have some firepower in there, I don't know that you can do it. And it's a shame because I, again, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Uh, and it was mm-hmm. nice primer right before the you know camp kicked off. Um, I I think it's just, it's not a matter of like, I don't think anybody came off looking really bad. I just don't know that these guys want that kind of access in their home and all that other stuff. They just, I just don't think they do.
5: Especially a younger player. You look at a Lamar Jackson just signed a big contract and you assume that he's going to spend money his way on family members, maybe himself. Guys don't want you to know what they're buying out there. Yep. I don't blame him, and I'm not saying it's all about the money, but maybe he's taking care of family members. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe maybe he's just the kind of player he doesn't want his personal life exposed. I get that mm-hmm. because just after watching that series, that is a season-long commitment you are to watching your P's and Q's, looking always over your shoulders, see where boom Mike is. It's not natural.
4: Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you. I, I just think, and I don't claim to know him personally, so I'm not saying it from that standpoint, but, but – in in being, you know, having this kind of close eye on Jalen Hurts, he's not that kind of guy. No, where no. he wants that kind of intrusion no. in his life. He's just he's just not. He's about ball, you know, and, and and I think he wants to maintain his private life and keep it private. And I, I don't again, I don't fault the guy.
5: I, I don't blame him. I'm not letting anybody in my house if I don't know you. Yeah, Why would I would. My house is a three ring circus. I don't need to reveal that to the general general public. Yeah, you know, to see certain things. Maybe there's certain things they don't want you to see in their homes. Exactly. I think, but I think across the board, it comes down to, man, I don't want cameras following me from the end of training camp through a 17 game regular season and possibly deep into the playoffs, what Kansas City did last year.
4: Yeah. Um, I, I don't want that kind of headache. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Don't either. Uh, no update on Bosa. Nick Bosa is still holding out. John Lynch said not to worry. You know, these things take care of themselves. <clears throat> but he wants a new deal. He is not in 49ers camp. Right. You know, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Uh, I My guess is he'll eat the fines up until it gets real, and he, he's not going to eat game checks. So if they don't get anything done, he'll play week one. Uh, Sony de- Michelle de- retired. De- 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 yeah.
5: de- which defeats the purpose because if you're giving him – uh, uh, if you're getting fun it's what, fifty dollars 50, 40000 practice? Mm-hmm. You give up a lot of money just to come back eventually, anyway. Listen, I'm with you. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> and then wouldn't. you run the fear factor of being out of shape, and we've seen it happen before. Guys who come back late in the training camps, all of a sudden you have a devastating injury leading into that first game of the season. Yep. I don't care how much you practice on your own.
2: Mm-hmm. You
5: need to be in there getting team practice shape. Yeah. Yep. Timing, rhythm, everything. I agree with you.
4: Uh, all right. So tone, if you could pull, please pull the, uh, the Kelly green jerseys back up again. That was kind of the big story of the day was people camping mm-hmm. out literally at 3. AM for uh, an 8. AM uh, opening up the, of the <laughs> team stores in South Billy at that Lincoln financial field uh, in South Jersey and in Lancaster as well. Mm-hmm. So here's the dates, Derek. We know that they're going to be wearing the Kelly green. It's going to be, uh, Monday night, uh, there's two home games. Two home games they'll be wearing. Uh, week seven, uh, Sunday night, game against the Dolphins. That's October 22nd, okay? And then week 12 against the Bills, that's November 26th. So two AFC East opponents, the Dolphins on October 22nd, yep. and the Bills November 26th. That's when they're going to be wearing the, uh, the Kelly Greens, as you can see, uh, with Jake Elliott right there. Now, I'll accept Jake Elliott on there. What I would not accept is Aaron Stipos. Correct. Come on, come on, okay. sure. come on, Josh Tom, Qued, Yes, Skinny Batman. Yes, you guys all deserve it. Come not on, Tone. No, Tone. Find that Sippos. Tone. You better not find a Sippos. Come on, okay. Tone. You can do it. Yes. You can do it, Tone. Totally unacceptable. I have faith in you, Tone. Find these, these two. By the way, are pretty funny. They used to be roommates. Do you see God? Yeah. Goddard and Avante Maddox are always together. They go to Wawa yeah. together. Yeah. They're pretty funny. Uh, there's, there's, uh, the big man, Jordan. Uh, Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Bradbury, so all all looking good in in their, in their new jerseys, but yeah, so we, we know the date. So if you're going to those games, you want to be repping, uh, week seven, Sunday night dolphins week 12 against the bills. That's during, uh, uh, you know, that bills is during that really tough stretch that they have of games Mm. coming out of the bye week So be wearing your gear there for sure. Uh, you still see you, the, the Kelly greens from, from the old school, Kelly greens, Randall's Kelly green Absolutely. and that kind of stuff. Seth. Yeah. Uh, yes, Reggie. Reggie. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool altogether. I did in passing, I, I mentioned thanks, Tony. I appreciate it, man. There's a Montaigne PG.
5: Mr. Taz says Rob Ellis is in truth Sippo's biggest fan. It's true. I agree with you, Mr. Taz. I really, it's, do. All,
4: it's all a front, it's all a cover up. I yep, love him. Yeah, I hope he's back. Yep, My, I can't Rob gets an
5: Emmy for daytime acting. Yeah,
4: <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, Sony Michelle did retire. I might, I wanted to throw that in there too. Yep. Uh, he was, uh you know, kind of, he was sort of at the end anyway. And Ezekiel Elliott, as we mentioned, visit the Patriot, visit at the Patriots. Um, look, the value to me in Ezekiel Elliott is short yardage, goal line, and he can pass protect. So if you have him in there in third downs, he's a good guy to to, to give Mac Jones, who is the most mobile guy in the world, maybe a little bit of time or a little bit of extra time.
5: Um, I I agree. Um. I, I just, I just, I just, Rob, I just want to see all this stuff come together. man. I want to see, I want I to, want, you know, you can write a book on, on what's to come on this season Okay, yes, you, you can. Go across the board. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, we came in, we talked on a show, show meeting this morning. When was the last time that we just had a slam dunk, a just slew of topics
4: to talk about? You oh know? yeah. Like when, when I was, uh, you know, when I was doing it this morning, I'm like, boy, there's a lot of good stuff that on normal days I would have in there. I don't even have it in. Because we don't have enough time. There's that many NFL storylines yeah, man. already. And we haven't even played a freaking preseason game. They've been in camp, some of them, for less than a week. Think about Ooh. that.
5: Ooh, now, here's another one. This is great. I'm looking at Gigi talking right now. <clears throat> would you prefer to see the Kelly Greens in the daylight or night game? Now, we talked about both of these games are night games, right? Right. The right. Dolphins build. You think they would pop better if it was a day game?
4: Oh, boy. Uh, I probably prefer day, actually, Gigi. Yeah, I probably go. Yeah. Stephen Tone says day game. Yeah, I think I, I think I prefer the day. Yeah. Well, but you know, Buffalo is four twenty-five. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty dark at that point. Be dark then. Yeah, no, so. it is. It is. I know. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, if you're down there early to tailgate, it'll be sunny at least. But I think what it's done too is they have um, the dates are not a coincidence in my opinion. Right. Okay. You, I mean, you want to get them out early enough and seen early enough so they can have a big Christmas rush, don't you? Exactly, yeah. Well, October you. And, and, and November is what we're looking at here.
5: And you know, they're going to make great Christmas gifts for, for people, yeah. Oh, big time,
4: yeah, big time. No question about it.
5: I might yeah. even buy you one for Christmas.
4: <laughs> All right, well, who should I get? Um, I'd probably go Hertz. Yeah, I'd probably go Hertz. Would you go Hertz? Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know what I'd go. I would go Hertz, Devontae Smith, because I like I like the single digit uh with, with Hertz one and Devontae six uh six. I would i I would go uh AJ Brown too. Okay. With the eleven. Yeah, I gotta
5: go with my boy BG. I like the double fives. Can't go wrong. You gotta me. go with my boy BG. After that one, I don't care. All right,
4: okay. if we're if we were doing guests on the show, we'd go BG lane kelsey, lane so we'd have to go 55 62 or 65
5: would you go would you
4: go kelsey before lane or after lane i go lane before i i'm a huge lane guy okay i go lane yeah i'm with 65 you. i'd be rocking a 65 out there think- I, I agree with Gigi. the 24 does look really cool on bradbury i gotta I got to say it does look good it's a good number it's a good football number too, Twenty-four. um but yeah, these guys are all saying I have to go Sippo's. So I maybe I go Sippo's, Derek.
5: <laughs> See? See? Oh, and Rob, because of my how I feel for you, I'm willing to buy you a Sippo's Kelly no, Green you. for Christmas. No, thank you. I, I appreciate wow.
4: the uh the gesture, but no, nope, nope, nope. Wow,
5: you're turning down a free Kelly Green?
4: hmm Um Yes, I'm getting. Oh, you know what? Kevin Savard said I have to go zero to match my Cheerios. Uh, that's a good point. That's it, not bad. Give me Swift idea. and Cheerios. Not that is a bad not idea bad at all. That's not bad. Yes. Oh, Goddard's 88 looks good. Yeah, right about yeah. that. The, the 88. 8. Does
5: look cool. Yep. I think anytime you have double numbers like 22, 33, yeah. 55, 88, those numbers look sharp. I agree. Know? Yep. But I just wish. I wish. I'm I'm done I'm done talking about the Kelly Green because I know it's a sensitive topic with some of our chat family and other people out there. So I'm done I'm done talking about the Kelly Green. Okay,
4: give right. it up. Okay, Let, let's come back uh, and we'll do a bunch of things. We we got we haven't even gotten to some of the trades uh, that are happening in Major League Baseball. We still have our birthdays to get to, our movies to get to. We got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, over the course of the last segment of the show so don't go anywhere we'll be right back he's Derek Gunn I am Rob Ellis we are Sports State Jacob Sports YouTube Network right back
1: on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
6: And the big story on action news.
3: Search
1: 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
6: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
3: Go first!
6: Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Billy's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles we're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust.
3: Go Birds!
6: And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds.
7: The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know
1: I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to fake mom. Mama. mama, go! Oh, mama. She did
6: it. Again?
4: You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings.
0: United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
3: E-A-G-L-E-X. Eagles,
4: all right, we're back. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. We are Sports State, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. That's Derek Gunn. Yo, I am Rob Ellis. Yeah, so Eagles, let me give you the uh camp schedule too, because I know some people were wondering um what that looks like going forward here, Derek. As, and we mentioned <clears throat> a little bit earlier. Today's uh, today was a walkthrough, and then tomorrow, uh, reportedly, we'll have the pads on. Uh, Brian Johnson will meet with the media at nine forty before practice starts. Then they'll practice at ten. <clears throat> Off day Wednesday, Thursday back at it. Nick Sirianni meets with the with the press. Friday Michael Clay meets with the press. Practice Michael Saturday. <laughs> I was waiting. I knew I wasn't <laughs> going to get right past that before you said so. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that that's kind of where things are right now. And then if you remember, Sunday is the open practice, Gunner. Uh, it's coming up uh, six days from now. That's the uh, the open practice. So <coughs> that'll right. be seven o'clock at, at Lincoln Financial Field, and then they're off the next day. But yeah, so add it uh, and then off uh, the following day with the uh, with the on day tomorrow. So, they're supposed so, to be in pads. So, oh,
5: oh, pads tomorrow. So let me let me present to, this to you, Mr. Ellis. Yes, sir. Back in the day, and yep. I mean back in the late '90s, early 2000s, when we all worked together. Yes. When we said, "Man, first day of pads," remember in the we be in the office and everybody was like grinning, like Cheshire Cash, man, because yes. we knew there was some thumping coming. Yes. What has being in pads meant to you? The first day of being in pads meant recently. It's like, wait a minute. That, that's it? That, yeah, that's it's all? fast.
4: Like, when we, we we used to go with, with Andy up at Lehigh, when it, was oh. Andy Reed. it would be two a days, and they would go Ooh. at it. I mean hard. I mean everything. Fights it would be knockdown drag outs. It really like Fields in the McCoy's. Yeah. And Andy, Andy, Andy runs still to this day, as hard a camp as you can run with all yes. the rules. Now Yeah, he still takes them away to uh, wherever they end up going. I forget. But anyway, he still goes away. I think he goes away for 30 days altogether and they still, they push it to the max. Whereas the Eagles have valued and it's worked for them. Okay. But the Eagles have valued less is more. They they prefer more film study, more time inside, uh, working in you know in their in their position groups and that kind of stuff rather than on the field. Uh, but Andy's not that way.
5: No, no. Andy Reid is old school until the day he's forced out of the game, or rise off into the sunset of his own, and he's going to push that envelope no matter what restrictions are put on a training camp. You know, yeah. he's going to get the most out of to have them as mentally tough as possible. Hey, Mr. Tass says I should get Rob a Christian Ellis jersey. What do you think? You know
4: what? Yes. Yeah. All we have to do, we have to just convince, and I agree, Mr. Taz. We just have to convince Christian to take that one S off. And then we might be or I put an S on. I don't know, one or the other. Well, see, here's where I see it, Rob. Yes. If you're gonna spend that kind
5: of money on a jersey, you want a jersey that's going to have some relevance for at least a few years. Like you know, Jalen Hurst is not going anywhere for a while. true. You know, Lane Johnson is going to be here for a while. Kelsey, I don't know. Well, Kelsey's still going to be a household. You can always wear, it like, people wear Dodgers Jersey to this yeah. day.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're right. It's It's got to be somebody with staying power. Yeah. Like, it that's why I said Devontae Smith, I think, works. Yeah. AJ yeah. Brown works. Goddard works. Um. Uh, you know, uh, Hassan Reddick's deal is relatively short, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, see? And that's a good single digit. That's a seven. Um, Man, who else? Who else would be a good one? I mean, I don't know wow. if you Lane Dickerson. I, I, I don't know. I love him. Love the guy as a player. I don't. I'm not really looking to rock a Lane Dickerson jersey. Atlanta no. Dickerson. I mean, we
5: well, see. Our, our, our guy Elliot Shore Parks just put this out there. He says, "Here's my official Eagles Kelly Green jersey purchasing guide. After seeing them in person, there are two types. For $175, the non-authentic but stitched-on logo and numbers." The $130 replica screen printed on. I would advise going with the $130. I think the fit is better and the collar is better. The $175 is a larger collar, is Kelsey is the Kelsey pick. $130 collar is the Reddick pick if you want to look at the different collars. I don't think it's worth the extra $45. Bucks and honestly, the $130 might be just better overall. As for sizing, I definitely think the $130 runs a bit on the bigger side, the 175 are more true to size. That's a lot to think about,
4: man. See, that's I don't need yeah, a game man. jersey that bad. I don't want to go through all that. Well, the other thing is, like, you know, and, and you better have some bucks, too. They're, like, they're not cheap. So, But the thing is, if you're going to get use out of it, hey, man, you're wearing it every Sunday, whatever. Great. Yeah. But you can go, that's the thing, you can go legend. Like, it doesn't hurt you to get a Kelsey because you can always wear the Kelsey. It, it it doesn't hurt you to go. Uh, I think, in my opinion, Lane Johnson. I think both guys are going to be Hall of Famers. Yeah, look, if you're a big Fletcher Cox fan, I mean, he's he, he's about one of the best Eagles that have ever played. As much as people you know get nuts with Fletcher yeah. Cox, he yeah. is that guy. Um,
5: if, if I'm getting a Kelly, if I'm getting a Kelly Green throwback, and I'm paying a buck seventy five or a buck for it, four, I'm going back into the archives. I want a Reggie White. Yeah. I want a Jerome Brown. I want a Clyde Simmons. I want a Seth Joiner. I want to go back that far. Uh, I'm not. I'm not attached to it as much with a modern day player as I would be with the if it was one of those historical names on the back of there. But you know, somebody said it earlier in the chat. I, I don't need to buy a jersey and I'm wearing somebody else's name on the back of my my neck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. Uh, cool, you know?
4: Gigi throws a good one. I mean, I I think Jalen Carter is going to be a beast. So that G, that's Could probably be. pretty good investment. Could be. Yeah.
5: yeah. Could
4: yeah, be, he'll be bad. here at least five years, four years, five years, right? And if he's not, something really went wrong. <laughs> you know, if he you go. if he's gone after the first one, that's a that's a big big concern. Um, all right, so a couple things the uh, the the Mets GM Derek is calling this a repurposing. Okay, what does that mean? Not a retool, not a fire sale, repurposing. So they've traded Max Scherzer to the Rangers. And they're yep. eating most of that of that money. By the way, yeah, uh, he's gone. They earlier traded. You remember David Robertson yep. to the Marlins, so the Phillies could face tonight. Which, by the way,
5: which Scherzer, by the way, was very unhappy with it, and he said he he went to the office the next day to talk to management, and all of a sudden he's gone.
4: Yeah, and that, that was what was interesting was Verlander pitched yesterday, and they, he talked after the game. And he has a no trade clause, so he he can determine whether he goes or not. But he was like, if you would ask me this, you know, two months back said no way he's like you know what i gotta think about it I, it sounds like he's you know look greasing the path here for him to be out of there too we'll see when, when you consider the money they, they spent to
5: bring this team together and look at how they've underachieved it feels like a dream team a, a, an eagles
4: version of the dream does. team Mets
5: especially version. pitchers yeah you know yeah and look, it, look it, at it. how they've bottomed
4: out it's, that's a lot of that's a lot of egg in your face to eat my man it's a bad look. It's a bad look. Um, so the Rangers are going all in. The Rangers acquired Scherzer. They got Jordan Montgomery, the left hander from the Cardinals yesterday. They're they're making a real push and they've been doing this. Like they've been spending a ton, and and they spent, you know, a lot. Now, I, I get it from their standpoint. I mean, you know where they are? They've had a good year. They're 60 and 46, but they're only one game up on the Astros. They're in a tough division. Yeah, they are. You know, they, they, you never count Houston out, not not it, with their playoff experience.
5: If, if it comes down to it, I can't wait to see a series between Texas and Houston. That would be nice. Let me tell you something. With this revamp, Texas pitching staff now, yeah. going up against the defending champs, and, and, and like you said, you couldn't have put it any better. He, we know what Houston is in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I I would definitely be worthy of watching that series. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. That would be a phenomenal series. Both teams outstanding pitching, hitting. I would love to see it.
4: Yes, yes. Um, All right. So, beyond that, um, trade deadline tomorrow at 6 p.m. Give me your gut, Derek. I don't necessarily need a name. Give me your gut on position or positions that the Phillies acquire.
5: You know, you got me. I'm going to, I'm still going to stick with a pitcher. Because the pitching staff has really let him down. Even Kimbrell now sh- starting to show signs of uh breaking down, hasn't been as sharp, sharp, hasn't been as dominating as last three outings. He's leaking oil a little He's bit. He's leaking oil a little bit. I I am still gonna set, lean towards pitching first and then hitting second. Because I can't for the life of me believe that this team from one through well, I shouldn't say one through nine. But the big money players cannot continue this trend the entire season. At some point, they have to come out of this. There's too much money involved. Their their stats through the years speak for themselves. That's why they're making this kind of money. Mm-hmm. But I just can't believe it's gonna happen. So I think, you know, Chris Christopher Reyes says Trade Harper and Aranola.
4: Uh wishful thinking that's not gonna happen. Um yeah, I, I think it's going to be I, – I think they're going to get two things. I think they're going to get a uh, a relief arm, probably a righty, and an outfielder with some pop, hopefully a right-handed bat. I think they're going to get both. Dave Dombrowski is very aggressive, and I think he'll he'll show you that it's going to happen. So I, I see it happening. I think they're going to get both. Not You're huge there. names. Right. It's not going to be – like we've seen a lot, bunch of guys – like the Cubs aren't trading Bellinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know the Angels aren't trading Otani. Arenado's not gonna get dealt from the Cardinals. Nope. It's not nope. gonna be any, or a name where you're like, oh my God, they got who? But it'll be someone who will help them. That's what I think.
5: You know, speaking of names, we didn't even mention Aranola what he what he did on Saturday. And can we just can we just now agree? Uh rest in peace, Aranola. <laughs> you, you, your season's done. What you did nine hits to the he,
4: to he, the Pirates? he is Derek, uh, is there anything more Confounding than somebody who can deal the night the the, the start before and then look as bad as he looks the next start. I don't understand it. And what's he giving up now? Twenty four homers.
2: Yeah,
5: leads
4: the league. Really? I mean, you you got jacked up by the Pirates. Yeah, and it was like non competitive stuff. Like, man, he he is. You can't figure him out. He's a total mystery. Can we just do a eulogy for him now? Yeah, eulogy for all the money he's blowing too. Would you would you consider trading Aaron Nola right now? Uh, here's why I wouldn't. Not that he doesn't drive me crazy, does. I don't feel like they have anybody, unless you're giving me back like something serious here. I, I don't think they have. I don't think they can survive the thing with him. At least you know you can plug him in. He's going to go six innings usually. But, there's not there's not a smart
5: GM on the planet that would trade you quality for quality for Aaron Nola right now because you're not. You make that move, you're not going to have a job much longer
4: yeah and and anthony makes a, a really good point he he obviously he means uh and he and he followed it up uh compared but he he is he it does feel like hamill's in 09 where he yeah. just yeah whatever like the extra work last year caught up to him i don't know mm. it, it's whatever the case it's not good for sure all right let's do some birthdays you ready Zip birthdays. Let's get there. All right. All right. 58 years old today is J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series. Uh, she is one rich woman off of Harry Potter, that's for sure, among the other Ooh. stuff she's written. Good for her. uh 28 years old, little Uzi Vert, who was born in Philadelphia. He is 28 today. Mark Cuban. Uh, owner of the Mavericks is 65, among other things that he's in business endeavors.
5: Speaking of, speaking of Mark Cuban, did you know that he was instrumental in starting what is now known as streaming service? Yeah,
4: he well, he was ahead of his time with internet yes. tech, any kind of internet tech. He was way ahead of it.
5: I just, I saw recently, uh, he was asked, "What? how did you come up with this? You know, he went to Indiana University and then after Indiana University he moved to Texas. Right. And he wanted to be able to see Indiana Hoosiers basketball games. Okay. So, he, so him and a friend of him came up with this idea of being able to, to to listen to the Indiana games whenever they wanted to, which was basically the primitive version of streaming. Yeah. You know, and then when it took off, he sold it uh, within a year or two, he sold it to Yahoo for $6.5 billion. Oh, my God. And then turned around and bought the Mavericks for $285 million. Man. And now everything he does now is, is helping people develop. he's so into tech, you know, and that's why he's on that show Shark Tank. Yeah. Um he, he's big into grabbing a piece of somebody developing something tech wise. I mean, you know, that's a big big risk, but when you've done what he's done and you've making kind of money he's made, it's not it's a drop
4: in a bucket. That's it's incredible. Really- You're right. It's a great point. Uh Wesley Snipes, 61 years old. I mean, blade. Yes. Yes, I was waiting, waiting for one of your lines to come from from one of your favorites, man. Come on. No, all right, all right.
5: You Noah, know pat him down, <laughs> pat him down, and if he moves, lullaby his
4: <laughs> his bleep. Yes, good job. Uh, Dean Cain, the actor, is fifty-seven years old today. Unfortunately, Jose Fernandez, who we lost way too young in that boating accident, the pitcher, uh, was born on this day in yeah. nineteen ninety-two. Sad. Uh, Ted Cassidy, who played Lurch in the Adams family, you rang, you rang, sir, uh, was born in 1932, Barry Van Dyke. Think about this. This is Dick Van Dyke's son. Okay. He's 72. The son, you know, you know, you're getting up there when you have a 72 year old son, but yes, uh, he's 72. Uh, BJ Novak from the office is 44 today. AJ Green, excellent receiver, uh, for yep. a very long time. In the NFL is 35 years old today. Fat Boy Slim, the uh the DJ and, and uh hip hop artist is 60. Annie Parisi, who was in uh, Law and Order. Law and Order, yep. yeah, 48 today. Kevin Kevin Green, the late Kevin Green, who was a man, you you probably covered him in his Pittsburgh years, was born yeah. on this day, nineteen sixty-two. Yeah. What a shame. I lost him way too early. Uh James Jordan, Michael Jordan's father, speaking of, uh born on this day in nineteen thirty-six. Uh Demarcus Ware. Uh, former cowboy, 41 years old. Uh, 130 and a half sacks. Unbelievable career. Uh, ben Chaplin, the actor, is 53 today. Kurt Gowdy, the the late, great uh, broadcaster. Yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, pros, pro. Didn't matter what sport it was. The guy nope. was a machine. 1919, he was born. Uh, you have Jenny Malkin, uh, Pittsburgh Pirate or Pen- Penguin, excuse me. 37 yep. years old. That's all I have for birthdays. You have any other birthdays? uh
5: zelda williams who's an actress and a daughter of robin williams is 34 today
4: okay uh let's
5: see what jake from former nfl quarterback um is 25 to, oh, he's still in the nfl with washington i believe he's 25 today yep uh susan flannery from the bowl in the beautiful and days of our lives 84 today tim couch for, quarterback in the nfl is 46 nick bolateri uh the great tennis, tennis coach player. yeah yeah, worked with the likes of Andre Agassi, Monica Sellers, Maria Sharapova, Anika Kornikova, and Boris Becker. Yep. Born on this day in 1931. Mm-hmm. See who else we got out here today. Former quarterback Andre Ware, 55 today. Heisman Trophy winner. Wow. Uh, Brian Arakpo, former linebacker with the Washington uh, football team, 37. Yep. Gabe Kapler, manager of the Giants, 48. Wow. Okay. Former NFL quarterback who won the Heisman at Florida State, Chris Winkie. It's yes. 51. Yep. Gus Farad is 52. Hmm. One of the greatest offensive linemen ever played a game. Jonathan Ogden is 49 on his day. Hall of Famer. Yep. Uh, defensive end of Tampa. William Golston is 32 today.
4: Okay. All right. Good ones. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Uh, let's go movies. Hang 'em High, Clint Eastwood, 1968. One of my favorite Westerns, man. Classic. Uh, Hot Shots, which was the takeoff of, of Top Gun with Charlie Sheen and, and crew, 1991. The Dark Tower from 2017. Yep. Uh, good one there. Uh, Funny People with Adam Sandler, uh, yep. 2009. Uh, Death Becomes Her, 1992. The uh, Collector, 2009. Uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation in 2015. Yeah. The last, the, the Lost Boys from 1987. Lost Boys others. is a good movie. It was good. Uh, Keepers, brother, Yeah, and crew. Uh, and Ever After, 1998. Got any other ones?
5: Smurf, uh, Smurfs 2, 2013. <clears throat> Remember that movie, the comedy,
4: Basketball? Yes. Remember that movie? Yeah, it was the, uh, I think the South Park people did it. Yeah, yeah.
5: came out in uh, 1998. And one of your favorites, Came out in 2016. Sharknado, the fourth awakens. <laughs>
2: the fourth.
5: <laughs> Unbelievable.
4: There's four of those things, maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, so, like we said, Eagles back at practice tomorrow. They will have the pads on, I we think. So, we'll dive into that hard, that's for sure, and hit everything else. Phillies recapping game one. Uh, against the Marlins. They need to get this one, especially coming off the way the last two games, in particular, yesterday went. That's for sure. We'll hit all those things. And, of course, there's so much going on in the NFL uh, that we will just continue to keep you posted on. So we'll do all those kind of things and more. All right. want to thank Tone De Shields. Tone, great job, man, uh, producing the program. As always, we do appreciate your help. So Tone. Yep, coming up, National Football Show with Dan Cilio. So don't go anywhere. Dan's got you for the next three hours. Everybody, Listen, enjoy the rest of your Monday. Uh for Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this Monday. And tomorrow we we turn we turn the calendar, man. August 1st. We're looking forward to hanging out with you. Same bad time, same bad channel. Yes. Thank you. <laughs>